don't care if you've been taking Demon Nut all night. If you's up, smash that like button. Welcome to Black and Black Times Infinity. I'm your Entrium host, the oldest ninja in the world. And on my left, your boy Blue. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. That's terrible. On my far left, engineers on the ones and twos, choke people out in the threes and fours, Cronus. My man Patrick, thank you very much for bringing some joy in my life in the way of inebriation with this Black is Beautiful refill. So thank you. And on my very, very far left, our very, very special guest of the evening, welcome to the show, Miss Ella Darling. Thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. It is an absolute honor to uh, sit in front of a camera for the first time in like 10,000 years. <laughs> first of all, let me start off by saying you look amazing. I love like your necklace and like your whole persona looks amazing. Oh, this whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> Blue, that sound, that sounded a little thirsty there, Blue. <laughs> Might have to wheel it back a little bit. Bring it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. So we are live tonight. Who do we got first in the chat? Do we have a first in the oh, chat? Oh, so I wasn't even looking. Sorry. Um, Give me one moment, and then we'll get back to uh, speaking to her. First in chat. Sorry, I'll yeah, we took that chat with her. And then listeners. You don't have listeners of the week, I take it, either. Mm, yes, I do. Listen to the week. Strawberry Suicide. So thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. And so far, that's, the that's an interesting is, name. I, it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's with dollar signs, so it's even more interesting. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, nobody's in the chat yet, so but sometimes no, I don't see. It, so I'll just read. All right. So I'm then gonna, we're gonna. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull it up so I can see it on my phone. Okay. So enjoy the audience as well as your lovely presence. All right. So. <laughs> And then we're going to go straight into our RIPs, pouring out some of this uh, some of this Mickey's out from some of our folks newly departed, dearly departed. We're going to start off with uh, John Saxon, born uh, Carmine Cicerio. He was of almost everything in the 80s, but you never knew exactly who he was if you were an 80s kid. Excuse me. Uh, Saxon, he probably was most famous for having a black belt in karate. And he starred in Into the Dragon with Bruce Lee. He studied Shotokan Karate, Judo, Jet Kune Do. Uh, he is most noted for being in horror films in, such as the role of Nancy. Uh, or no, the father, I'm sorry. He's the father of Nancy in the Nightmare, in, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street shows. Uh, he starred in 1974, Black Christmas, uh, Dario Gentro's Tenebrae. He also starred in a bunch of westerns like uh, Death of a Gunslinger, Joe Kidd, uh, The Unforgiven in the late 50s and 60s. Saxon was known as a teen idol, and he starred in nearly a dozen movies during that time. In the 70s, he did uh, big-time TV shows. Uh, he was a guest star in a lot of them like Starsky and Hutch, Wonder Woman, Six Million Dollar Man, and The Bionic Woman. He continued to do uh, success with more horror films and TV shows in the 80s. Uh, and he still did movies all the way up until 2020. He has a movie called The After the Thunderstorm, which is slated to do out in 2021. He died due to uh, pneumonia at the age of 83. He was just a few days shy of his 84th birthday. Yeah. All right, B. 
Uh, next, next up we have Regis Philbin. Regis Philbin, most best known for hosting game shows and talk television, usually daytime television. Um, sometimes he's been an actor. Regis Philbin actually has the Guinness World Record for the most hours on U.S. television. Uh, he was a U.S. Navy vet. He got his start uh, as a page on The Tonight Show. He is most remembered for Live with Regis and Kathy Lee until 2001 when Kathy Lee left and then later became Regis and Kelly. Regis is the original host of the U.S. version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? He suffered a heart attack on July 24th, which was his cause of death. He was 88 years old. And then newly minted, uh, hot off the press today, uh, Malik Abdul uh, Bassat, or Bessit? I don't know if it's Bessie Bersat. Uh, he's known by his stage name as uh, Malik B. He's one of the founding members of the hip-hop group The Roots. Straight out of Philadelphia, he met Amir Questlove Thompson and Tariq Blackthought Trotter. The group released their first album in 1993, but Malik left the group in 1999. He continued to make guest appearances on albums up until 2008. He passed away today, July 29th, at the age of 47. Cause of death is still unknown. Those are our IPs. Damn. Yeah, people. Yeah, that's a lot of people. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, let's get to our guests. Ella. First of all, Ella, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking a blue moon, and oh. later, when you think I'm drinking water, I'm actually drinking vodka and lime soda. Oh, there you go. Like a liqueur. Oh, like, that, that's like pretty much what I drink. <laughs> Good at solid standby. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had a peach moon? What's a peach moon? So peach moon is a blue moon with a shot of um, peach schnapps and a splash of orange juice. That's amazing. I have yeah, not. They make, it, they make it at some restaurant. I can't get, it's like a, a barbecue spot. I think there's one down in LA, but they make it there and it, it's usually pretty good. Sounds awesome. I'll try it out if you got a chance. But yeah, I will have to. All right, so Ella, All you right. haven't been on in like forever. Basically, <laughs> what have you been up to? Oh, good golly! Um, uh, I don't. So last time I talked to you guys was at. I know it was at a convention center in San Jose. I don't remember which event it was, but it's been a while. So it's first of all nice to see your lovely faces again. Nice to mm -hmm. hang out with you guys. Thank you for having see me. You as well. Um. Okay. So big, like the right now thing that is like it's consuming my life in a way that I forgot it would, is I launched a Kickstarter for my birthday last week. Happy um, birthday. Thank you. Happy, happy belated. Thank you. I turned 27 for the, I don't even remember how many times I've turned 27 now, but <laughs> easy to remember. Um, yeah, so it's called Game Lodge. It's a, uh, it's an app where you can play games made by other users, but you can also build games within the app, and you can edit games. Um, the cool thing about it is it takes all of the like really complex things out of game development. So you can write code like with Miniscript. It's super simple. You don't have to be a super expert coder or programmer. And um, you can do everything at runtime with other people online, uh, like in real time. Uh, you don't have to, you know, 
you don't have to build, uh, you don't have to code and then build something and then test it. It's just you're in the app. You're like, hey, I want to make this this gun shoot bananas at this person. I'm just going to add the script and now it happens. And so it, it takes a lot of the sort of overhead out and it makes it super accessible. And it's really cool. And I'm really psyched about it. So it's on Kickstarter. It's called Game Lodge. Um, and I'm... Yeah, I really want it to be successful. It's at 41% right now. I just, we're only trying to hit 10,000. So um, if it's something that, if you like gaming or if you want to be a game dev somebody, it's like a nice little stepping stone. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. And then also, y'all brought me on because uh, I have a certain background, a certain <laughs> professional experience, I assume. <laughs> well, for yeah. one of the reasons. I mean, you're, you're cool as fuck, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, I I work in VR porn. I've been I'm one of the pioneers of VR porn. Um, I've done kind of all there is to do in VR porn. And what I'm working on in VR porn right now, I'm like, I'm just really into it. And I really, really love the vision. The company that I'm working for, first of all, the people are amazing. Second of all, the vision and the goal and, and the things that we're about to release are like, groundbreaking as far as I'm concerned. It's called Vero Playspace. It's V-I-R-O Playspace. Um, you can find it on Steam, you can find it on Twitter, you can find it in a lot of places. What it is is a, um, right now it's a CGI app where you can enter adult experiences that are interactive and, and have fun. Uh, the app connects to pretty much any haptic device that you might own. Um, like. I couldn't even put a number on it because it's it's basically all of them. So if you have a connected sex device, like a tel uh, teledelonic device, uh, you can connect it to our app, and when you watch the dreams or experiences, it will vibrate or do whatever your toy does in sync with what you're watching. And in the next few weeks, there's going to be an Ella experience released. So oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, they made me into like a virtual, like a video game character, like a sexy video game character, nice. and they let me direct the whole thing. So it's like, they turned me into a goddess. Like, like <laughs> shot in the thing. I went, I did all the mocap and the face cap and the all of the stuff. And then when the the dev gods showed me what they made, like I looked like a goddess in this ethereal landscape, and it's so awesome. Um, so that's what we're doing right now. We also have a really cool virtual cam girl named Vex Ruby on Chatterbait, um, who's sexy and beautiful and fun and just an absolute delight of a virtual human. Um, and if you watch her streams and you sign into Vero Playspace on Steam, she has like toys in her stream that when she touches them will vibrate your toys. Holy shit, this is the future. <laughs> yeah, she can jerk you off in her stream. Wow, yeah, crazy. It's kind of cool, I checked out your I checked out the, the your virtual thing you were talking about and like it it it's damn near the the virtual deck on the Star Trek like you you can like whoever you're interacting with can be they can be a furry person they can be a man woman whatever and you can get your not so much get your rocks off but yeah you basically get your rocks off like you're able to <laughs> interact with this person and, and different like emotional things it's, it's real trippy. You definitely gotta check it out. Like I, I haven't tried it in VR yet. I pretty much just watched the, the videos and stuff, and it looks amazing. Like it looks, it looks like the future, basically. Well, I, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I have a question about something else you said previously. I wanted to actually ask you this, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, it was about the uh, the 
Game Lodge. Is that VR only or is it? No. So Game Lodge, um, it's desktop and VR. You can make desktop okay. games, you can make VR games. Um, you can do, it's best to do the, the actual scripting on your desktop just because it's most comfortable. Yeah. But yeah, um, when I, like, I, I've made a couple of games now. I made a really cool dungeon experience. Um, I just talked about porn, so dungeon experience sounds different, but it's like a <laughs> classic RPG experience. Okay. Um, I built this amazing castle. With, it's really cool. Um, and then you can script things within it. Um, and so you can play it on desktop. I play it on desktop sometimes. Um, but you can also with just a, you just hit one button on your keyboard and you can go straight into VR and play it there. And um, it's really cool. We're going to launch with that like castle um, RPG style game as well as a zombie game where like you're in a city where the um, the nuclear reactor has uh, done some shit, and so you have to fight a bunch of zombies. Nice. And then yeah, and there's also one that um, like I built all the I built it out where you're in a high school cafeteria and it's a food fight, so you have to run around grabbing food and hitting other people with it. Nice. <laughs> that sounds fun. Really cool. Yeah. Crazy. Also, interrupt me anytime. I just like talk and blow V8, so don't forget. <laughs> well, I didn't know about the other things. That's why I was like interested too. I was like, what are these other things? So yeah. I wanted to hear about That's, it. I'm always noticing that you're always involved in like crazy, like cutting edge tech, like tech that I never even knew that they were developing or even messing with. And you're always like, oh, I got a chance to sample this. I got a chance to see this. And I'm just like, how did she get a chance? To, oh, you see this. It's not even at the market yet. You know, I know I'm already working with these form and this company and that company. I get to see this and that i'm just like wow she's out there just making waves and it's just it's amazing it's great to see thank you that's really nice of you to say that means a lot to me yeah for people that might not know like who you are um even in porn or just in general um you're nerdy as fuck like you had custom <laughs> gear for your vr porn and i was mm -hmm. like holy shit like when, when we talked about that previously i was like that's like next level nerd shit and so you're not just like a I don't want to, you don't have like layman skills, you know what I mean? When I say mm -hmm. layman, I just mean like a normal person, you know what I mean? You have like legit intellect and to me, you're like, you're a very interesting person. That's why, that's why I love having you on. Thank yeah. you. Oh, so really quickly, you, it was funny to me because the, the internet kind of freaked out when Henry Cavill was building a PC <laughs> and uh, you had made a comment like, you were freaking out that he didn't use like uh, I think it was like uh, yeah yeah for, <laughs> for his C for his CPU and like everyone else is like oh my god just look at his muscles and whatnot you're like no did he use this did he like seal this right <laughs> <gonna> fry <laughs> CPU. I thought it was so hilarious like you were concerned about the PC than than you were about him putting his rig together I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you and and just because I know that there's always going to be some well actuallys out there I know. Now that the CPU he, CPU he was using had thermal paste pre-applied, and he, it was fine. But in the moment, I just had a little bit of a panic. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, mm -hmm. yes, The Witcher. Oh yes, oh no, oh no, what are you doing? <laughs> it was like a whole force of emotions. But then he like goes back and he like had to adjust something on it, and he like scraped off the pre-applied thermal paste and then reapplied it. And it was like, which is what you should do, even if it's pre-applied. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should put on your yeah. own thermal paste. <laughs> yes, he did very good job. He was great. Yeah. I should have questioned him. I think I think it was I think it was great because you were really concerned about his rig. Like, oh my god, you're about to melt off your CPU. I thought it was hilarious, but it's awesome. That was it's great that you have that. 
Yeah, it's just great that you're on that technical level and people like for people who don't believe that you're at that level, you can just if you just literally look at your Twitter feed for maybe a week, you'll see you'll probably see stuff that you you can tell that you're very very technical. Not even a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe not even a week. I say give it 24 hours or less. Yeah. That means a lot. Thank you guys so much. That's really cool. Yeah, we we try to pay attention to all of our friends' careers. So there you go. It means a lot to me. Can I tell you one more thing about your play space before I stop plugging my shit? No, please go ahead. I mean, plug whatever you want. Okay, so the Ella experience is coming out soon. I'm super jazzed about it. I'm like a sexy, hot video game character goddess who like runs her own world. And that's cool. And I'm super vain, so like, you know, I'm psyched about that. But the thing I'm most excited about, the reason I joined this company is because they're creating adult social spaces. So... Oh. They're going to be releasing, the first step is just like a sort of one-on-one -on -one space where you send someone a link and they can join you in a private room. And so you're live together socially in this virtual space and you can interact with each other's sex toys. You can like jerk each other off through your sex toys online, like in your play space. And eventually we're going to extend it to be like a whole multi-tiered social space for adults where the top tier is like, yeah, this is like the sex spot. And the lowest tier is just like, hi, we have a bubble. I just would like to say hello and acclimate to the space. And like, I think it's cool because the sex stuff, obviously, I am most excited that there's going to be a space in VR that isn't uh, saturated. Hello, real quick, hold on. Somebody's got to mute their mic. Oh, yeah. Because there's an echo. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, Ella. Um, yeah, so I'm just really psyched that there's going to be a social space in VR that is only for adults. And obviously, the the conceit of the app is, you know, porny, sexy, adult consent, you know, awesome sex positivity. But I'm really excited to have a space to talk to grown-ups and just chill and shoot the shit and not have to worry about, like, hanging out with, like, 12-year-olds, which is what I feel in most social VR apps right now. Huh. and it makes me feel like a predator not because I'm like cruising for like ass or anything just because like I want to chat with you know teenagers because I'm like grown up well, yeah. yeah the images that you sent to me earlier are those your your um your virtual version of you or is that something else that's that yeah, yeah is it cool if I share it please do let me see if I get this to work <laughs> alright so this is one that she sent me are you guys able to see it? Yeah, yeah, we can see it. All right, that's yeah. one, and then You're let me see. I'm centered on you. I have to, like, jump between the camera, so, and then this is another one. Uh, Just make sure it's not something we can get pulled off of YouTube for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if you're, if you're listening to the audio, Blue's showing some uh, promotional pics. Yeah, this one, the next one's questionable. I mean, you can't see anything, but it's very applied, so... Use your best I wouldn't risk that. Yeah, yeah. I won't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> yeah. I'll do this. I'll make it. So this is actually, I think, one of the perfect times for VR and, and, like, social VR to really blow up because we're on this lockdown. We can't see each other, you know, so this is, like, perfect for people to be able to, like, actually interact with other human adults, you know, and whether you want to do like a social thing or a sex thing, it, this is an excellent idea. Did, did Vero just launch this year? They launched last year. Um, yeah, they launched, actually, 
maybe just over a year ago they launched um and then i joined them last fall and um yeah it's just i love the team i love like the whole company is very focused on uh being ethical being respectful on sex positivity on uh prioritizing and championing consent and making sure that especially any adult film performers we work with like i'm the first adult film performer to create you know to be made into this like video game avatar in the app but they wanted me to be the first to do it so that i could kind of guide them through how to approach that with others and make sure that we're being as respectful and you know ethical and equitable as possible nice yeah, especially with these 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 COPA laws kind of going into every single aspect of you know video and content creation now, like with our channel here on YouTube, like having to go through the COPA thing. It's like what the, like we've never been in a, a kids channel, you know. We we click you know eighteen plus, and it's like we're still getting all these questions about COPA. I was like, this should never even apply to us at all, and it's just like it's it's so strange. So we need other outlets like this to make sure that you know kids are being uh, removed from this whole situation there's so there should be no way a kid should be on these things so that's cool um real quick stitch just joined us um do you want to say hello <laughs> hey what's up sorry uh running late down with the uh, baby and then uh for some reason my neighbors decided it's fourth of july and um <laughs> are shooting off fireworks and so my dog was going nuts i'm trying to uh hopefully not have my dog go bananas on air so that's why my, my mic will probably be on mute for a good little bit of it while uh, I was talking. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi, I wanted to say hi earlier, but I didn't want to, like, call you out if you weren't ready to talk yet. Like, Hello. No, it's okay. <laughs> you were, you were in random. mid-talk. I was just trying to just <laughs> just quiet and slide in. Have you guys people. met before in real life? What? Have you guys met in real life before? No. Okay. No, I wasn't... I was I was at the... Uh, it was at the Comic-Con, right? The Silicon Valley. Shadow, that's when you Shadow Valley. Valley. Yeah, we, we met a, yeah. we met in real life I, a few times. Yeah, yeah, but you, uh, you hadn't moved yet. That was a thing. Yeah, it, we actually. But I, but I am a fan. No, that just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you do. This is it's it's such an honor to be on your podcast again. Like seriously, this is I haven't done. I don't remember the last time I did a podcast, and like tonight, like I made a whole like thing of it. Like I like. I washed my hair for you guys. Oh, <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, I'm over here thinking. <laughs> I like, but my makeup brushes are very heavy these days. Like they're just very heavy to lift. I'm even inexplicably just very, um, I don't know, extra. I guess I'm wearing <laughs> perfume right now. Oh, no purpose. It's it just like makes thing. me feel. I mean. In my yeah, yeah, right on. I think it's good. Though, I think all of us have been like socially kind of, you know, slacking off. So just anytime we can do anything to like pretend that we're in front of another person is is good at this point in time. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah, for sure. I took a shower for before sure. this, but only because I rode the bike before this because it'd have been weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm you know I'm, I'm excited about all the stuff and um, check out. Game Lodge on Kickstarter. If you are someone who's into games that is not pornographic, I know that I do porn and my history is porn, but I also have a whole life and hobby and interest that is not. So Game Lodge is really cool. Please back it on Kickstarter or tell someone about it because, oh my God, Kickstarter is very, very nerve wracking to be running. Um, and if you are an adult and you want to 
check out a cool, fun space. Vero Play Space is awesome. They're on Patreon. They're on Steam. We have a super rad Discord of just really nice, like really nice, supportive people. It's an incredibly refreshing place to be. So I'm done plugging myself, and I'm going to stop that now. So, well, actually, <laughs> just we, have a, we have a question for you. Um, oh. Somebody in the chat, actually a really cool guy, uh, Victor, he was asking, uh, is getting a virtual hand job considered cheating? That's a great question. I love questions like that. Um, mm -hmm. Victor, I'm not your partner, so I can't tell you. That's a conversation you need to have. <laughs> That's a great answer. Um, there you go. Yeah. To some people, watching porn is cheating. To some people, going to a strip club is cheating. To some people, uh, having a really like deeply romantic but non-sexual relationship with someone else is not cheating. And to some it is. Uh, that's that's a really great opportunity to have a very intimate discussion with your partner about boundaries and sure, how to respect looking at somebody too long is considered cheating to some people. Yeah. Like, man, look at that girl's yeah. ass. What are you looking at? <laughs> exactly. And um, I think it's a discussion that people don't tend to have because I think this is one of the things that people, um, like, it's very ingrained in, in your sort of psyche that, like the boundaries between acceptable and unacceptable within a relationship. And for the longest time, ever since I started doing VR porn and the questions started coming out about like, well, is VR porn cheating? Is this cheating? Is VR canning cheating? Is this, it, but is this one now? And it's like, just fucking talk to the person that you're with. Talk to them. Why haven't you talked to them yet? If you talk to them sooner, like any relationship in history, if you had just had a conversation about what you're cool with, what you're not, and where those lines are, I swear so many relationships would either, if not be saved, at least would be more comfortable. You know? Yeah, I think actually, me and you, after me and you met, um, me and my girlfriend went to the, um, fuck, what was it called? It was a place in the, the, uh, San Francisco. You went to, oh, you went to the, uh, the Armory. Yeah, the Armory, King.com. Yeah, yeah. So we went there and we had, we um, were talking. We decided to fill out the yes no maybe list, and that that is very enlightening. <laughs> so yeah. Wait, what, is, what is that? The yes no maybe list. Uh, Ella, I'll let yeah. you explain it. <laughs> well, um, I I actually don't know because I've only ever been to the Armory as a performer. But I imagine if they're anything similar to the the list that you fill out at kink.com as a performer, yes. there's a very extensive list, incredibly extensive, of all of the potential uh, sex acts, bondage acts, any of the like BDSM stuff that ever might occur. Even if it's not something that pertains to your scene, you still fill it out. Yep. Um, so it could be um, spanking, um, you know, being slapped on the face, uh, being called certain names, or like what they they ask like what names are you cool with being called? What are names or words that are that you're super not okay being said in your scene? And so you go through everything that might ever conceivably happen in a sex act, and you rate them like yes, I'm cool with this. Maybe let's discuss it, or no, absolutely not. Um, and for the performers, um, at least back in the day when I it's been a while since I shot for King, but. Um, it was even more broad than that. I think it was like a one to five, like, yes, yes absolutely, I'd be disappointed if this didn't happen, yeah. to, yeah, I'm cool, to, no, absolutely not, hell no. Um, and when I was on set, I distinctly remember, it's in the middle of my divorce, um, their lawyer came to set, like, she just did a, a, a spot check. She came to our set, she pulled my dom, the person I was working, so I was a sub, and 
the person I, the performer I was working with was a dom. And so the lawyer pulled her aside and just started quizzing her like, what's on her no list? What, what can you not call her? What, what, what are her no's? What are her yeses? And just to make sure, like, just a, like a pop quiz, pop quiz, what, what? Oh, I got you, got you, got you, okay. Like a random health check type yeah. deal, but more of a safety health check. Yeah, exactly. Just to ensure that, like, everything is being followed and, you know, I'm being respected on set. And, and nice. I've, I've had nothing but good experiences at Kink and, um, I really miss shooting at the, the Armory is no longer a porn studio. They, yeah. uh, several years ago, they sold it off to be an event space and now I don't even know what it is, but man, my first ever like hardcore porn scene was for fuckingmachines.com nice. and it was <laughs> at the Armory and, uh, it was super cool. That was a really cool Sounds spot. like they have a better uh, HR department than, like, the Ellen Show right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. man. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I know, like, a couple of weeks ago, um, there was a whole thing with, not Mina Kulas, but uh, Mia, uh, God, what's her last name? They got another porn actress that we're talking about. Oh, Mia Khalifa? Mia Khalifa, oh. yeah. God, I can't think of her name. And um, she had brought up allegations about, is it Bang Bros or, or was it something else that she brought up? But she talked about how like, yeah, she talked about how they're, how, you know, the industry is a certain way. Like, since you've been in industry, like, do you feel that, you know, certain, certain companies are better than others or is there more like, more sleazy people out there as far as the opponent industry goes? Okay, so first of all, I will never discount another performer's experiences or you know how they perceive their experiences and I absolutely respect her as a performer and if she had a bad time she had a bad time and that's all there is to say about it um, in terms of the porn industry yeah there's some real dickheads there's some real fucking dipshits and there's some companies that really suck and there are mostly companies that are really good because it's their profession and it's what they do and it's what they've been doing for a while. There are definitely some learning curves. There are definitely some systemic issues with it porn. Um, but ultimately, I think that it's very similar to the sort of world around us. Like, I can't think of any job where there aren't companies that absolutely suck and are shitty, uh, where there aren't people who are just acting in a bad way that need to cut it the fuck out. Um, the, the thing around porn, uh, you know, as a porn performer, is that there are so many organizations that exist to rescue us from our work that it makes it really hard to speak about our jobs in an honest way because, you know, if I have a bad day at work and I'm a barista, I, I can say, you know, that really sucked. My, my boss was kind of an asshole. The customers were dicks. My coworkers were in a shitty mood and I just didn't click with them today and I just didn't have a good day at work today. If I'm a sex worker, if I'm a porn performer and I say, you know, the, the director was kind of a douchebag. Uh, I didn't click at all with, with my scene partner. They were kind of a dumbass and whatever. And, and I just didn't enjoy the scene. I didn't like the content of what we were shooting today, but I'm like, I'm fine with it. I just didn't like it. That in the eyes of someone who wants to be a Captain Sabaho. Oh, I was thinking that too. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the problem. Like, 
there these organizations that want to rescue us from our work first of all it's incredibly infantilizing to imply that i don't choose the job that i'm in like i don't have to love it all the time it doesn't have to be personally empowering to me i can have a bad day at work i can do it because it's the best choice for me because it works for me and not be like a super cheerleader fangirl for like the whole porn industry um and it also makes it so that you know calling out issues within the industry as a whole which is happening right now and it's long fucking overdue um it makes it so that you know people feel intimidated to do that you feel intimidated to bring things up because if you say anything people are watching you and waiting to like jump onto that as proof that you know the whole industry is actually terrible and and you know just uh trafficking you or or victimizing you and it, it there's so much more nuance to it that it does everyone, it especially does the performers they're trying to save disservice. Um, and so, yeah, there are definitely shitty companies. There are definitely shitty people. There are people I will never work with. There are people I've worked with that I never want to work with again. Um, there are people who are my absolute fucking best friends who, like, it drives me crazy if I don't see them for a few weeks mm-hmm. and I only know them through porn. And, like, I, I don't see how that is any different from any other human relationship or work relationship or, or experience. But when you couch it in porn, it just becomes very alarmist. And that's harmful to us because, you know, it, it passively silences us. Yeah, I think that... I, I wanted, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, I liked how uh, you, you brought up systemic issues and uh, problems in uh, the adult entertainment industry. Are you able to, I guess, give some examples of that? I think a lot of us don't really understand everything that goes on mm. behind the scenes or, or after we watch a, a video, a lot of times we just turn it off and then pass out and go to sleep, but we don't really take the time <laughs> to like <laughs> learn, I guess, what goes on behind the cameras or in, and what the issues are. And like you said, a lot of times people sort of just dehumanize the actresses and everyone that's actually involved in the industry that we kind of unfortunately don't really know or try to, to learn the full story on what's going on. And uh, I, I think it was really interesting that you kind of touched on that. And uh, obviously, I don't want you to, to put people's business out there or try to, to, to throw people under the bus. But it, I, I was just really curious to hear like some of the systemic issues and problems that are going on in that industry that uh, you, you know of and, and want to, I guess, shed light on to make people aware of. So the porn industry is a reflection of media and society, especially in America at large. So the systemic issues going on in America right now are the systemic issues going on in porn as well. Um, there's a huge issue with racism in porn. The way that it's marketed, the way that it's categorized, the way that performers are treated or cast or not cast or paid or promoted, um, the way that scenes are titled after, like when you get hired to do a porn scene, it's just like, hey, this is what you're doing. It's You're gonna do a girl-girl scene or a boy-girl scene or an anal scene or a blowjob scene or whatever. Uh, you're gonna be a MILF, so bring MILF clothes. You're gonna be, you know, they, they give you the basic kind of information you show up, you should be when you go home. Um, that is cool until the scene is released and the title is something that, especially if you're a black performer or performer of color, that really fetishizes your race in a way that is not on brand for you at all and is not what your fans relate to and not what you relate to. And now this is out there in the world and you have no control over it. 
um, especially if those scenes are then sold to other companies who are allowed to rebrand it or retitle it on their own. And, um, and yeah, I, I'm not the voice to speak to about this. Um, I'm not the, the voice that needs to be central on this. And I would absolutely love to refer you guys to uh, performers who should be the focus on this discussion, but I would be remiss not to mention it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, there, there are issues that porn needs to fucking confront. They, like, just like the rest of the world needs to take a good, long, truthful look in the mirror and understand that some of the ways that are very long, you know, very old and outmoded, but have been just the way of things for a long time in porn, need to change, need to be reexamined, and need to, like, stop in general. Um, there's also internal stuff, like the way performers, especially white female performers, are encouraged to wait to have, you know, to have sex on camera with, uh, with black men and charge more for it. And it's just dehumanizing and it's unacceptable and it's completely fucked up. And uh, yeah, it, it needs to change. So but, a couple yeah. of things, Ella. Um, if we're asking too many porn questions, just let us know because we already know that you're kind of transitioning out of the field. And so I don't want to make this whole podcast like super porn heavy if you're not comfortable with that. Um, also, if there's somebody that you can uh, suggest us to have on the podcast to talk about that specific issue that you just talked about, um, we can talk about, just message us and we'll do it on the, on the back end. We'll yes, I would love to do that because, again, I bloviate and I rant, but, um, mm -hmm. but this discussion is like not about me. I, I, yeah. I so. I want to lend my support, but I don't want to censor myself. So um, I'd really love to refer you guys to, to some women that I think are, are really, really like strong voices in the area and in the topic. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk outside the podcast and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have them on. Um, I just I, I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position. You know? I appreciate that. Um, also, somebody was asking, have you watched um, – this is – hopefully going to be funny to transition away from this. <laughs> um, have you, have you watched uh, black mirror at all? Yes, absolutely. Um, I understand why they're not doing another season because we're living it now. Like it's, it's this <laughs> yeah, weird, uh, augmented um, experience, but uh, yeah, super into it. Okay. So the question is, uh, you remember the striking vipers episode? You're going to have to give me context. I don't remember any of the titles. It was the one where the there was two black dudes that were friends back in the day and they used to play video games all the time. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay, so now I remember it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the guy's asking, um, this: would you consider them homosexual uh, if they're doing it, like, virtually, basically? Like... Um, I mean... I, that, I, I got that, my thoughts on it, but yeah. I would ask them, like, hey, so you had this experience. Do you, do you feel, so actually, no, like, one of them still is very dedicated and romantically interested in his female partner. So, I mean, I feel like that's bisexual at most. Yeah. Um, I, read, I read something, I read this meme, like, uh, recently that was, like, if you cook one meal, that doesn't make you a chef. So why, if you suck one dick, does that make you gay? Oh, <laughs> well, this is, Damn. Well, well, this is the weird part that makes it weird for that episode is because they one of them switched genders, you know. So it was just like, does it make him gay? You know, if he's experienced uh, it as a woman, so that's where it gets kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Um, I think it just makes them very special friends. But, I mean, I was going to say, if you think about it, there's, like, a lot of people who will get 
romantically involved with some stranger that they never met before, and it turns out to be some dude from Talladega. So it's like, does that make you homosexual now that you find out this girl you've been talking to is actually a dude? <laughs> that sounds more like a catfish to me. Well, yeah, it's definitely a catfish. <laughs> I think what makes you homosexual is that you um, identify as someone who is sexually interested in the same sex. Like, I love banging girls, but I also also sometimes don't. So, you know, I, here's, here's something I find interesting. This is so often framed around male relationships. If you flip it to be a girl, I don't think people are necessarily as eager to jump to like, oh, well, she must be a lesbian. I think more likely they're like, oh, can I go in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because, you know, most guys are just like, I mean, you know, can I? <laughs> it's, like, it's, mostly, it's mostly a dude thing to be honest I mean am I wrong Ella it, to me it seems like a dude thing Ella it's not just a dude thing but, but you know fantasy is fantasy and, and yeah. I think it is more common it's also I mean you know societally more acceptable for girls to play with girls um, there's more stigma around dudes but like yeah I mean I don't know it, would you think it's gay if a girl just kind of one day just oh just had that that pillow fight everyone pretends happens <laughs> and a little further? Would you be like oh I guess she's a lesbian now? I I won't I'm not gonna try to flirt with her I guess no no probably not probably yeah. not so like I don't know um if you want to suck a dick suck a dick. Can we name this episode that? Do you want to suck a dick, suck a dick? Nah. <laughs> oh my That's goodness. Name this podcast. I'm just kidding. We can't can't name this podcast that. I would love to though. But Jesus Christ, I think Apple would pull us down. Um, <laughs> anyway. okay, if I'm like, if I'm getting to anything. Oh, no. no, you're what you're on the you dangerous can... podcast on, on the internet. You can say you're whatever you want. On floors. Yeah. So. I already know that this yeah. this podcast is going to be demonetized, and it's fine with me. So, well, I'm enjoying the conversation. <laughs> Ella, I remember when you you were you joined our sister podcast, um, Earth Girls Are Easy, um, and you gave like dating tips. And one of the tips you gave is that that anal sex takes prep time. And ever since you mentioned that on yeah. that episode, I was like, wow! Like you <laughs> like you need to make sure your nails are clean. You gotta like shower and rinse, and like you know you gotta kind of do other things like bowel movements and stuff. And I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that it took so much work to just to to go in. I basically. mean, you could not, <laughs> and then you know it'd be a pretty awful experience for somebody. Probably yeah. Not. But, yeah. I, mean, I would say if you're gonna have sex with someone, maybe shower and make sure your nails are clean anyway. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would I agree. agree. But yeah, there is. It, um, I mean, not for everyone, but. For many people, it is quite a process. It's quite a process. Um, and I'm coming at that from, you know, again, a professional angle. But, um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. You know, one, one thing I've noticed, I know, Ella, you're, you're, uh, you've done cam work and stuff, but you, one thing I've noticed, you look, are you looking directly in the camera or do you have, like, a, a special setup? Oh, I'm. You're on my 2014 Mac, MacBook, so my camera. I'm looking at the camera. Or I'm looking at you just a few inches below. Okay, so you actually look at the camera when you're talking to us. That's, I do. Yeah, like I feel like you're like looking. No, I'm like, whoa. She's looking like, right below. I thought you had like one of those like old like the uh, like what they use for <laughs> um, like news reporters when they have like the text and stuff going up, so they're reading after even though they're looking at the camera. 
I thought she had some kind of cool setup like that. No, 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 no. She's looking. Yeah, yeah. She's looking... teleprompter. God damn it! Stop. She's looking below us. I can tell. This is a weird thing about human beings and eyeballs. All right, is that if you're looking at somebody, I'm looking at uh, everybody that's listening right now. Okay, I'm looking right in the camera. Yeah. But if you look just below the camera, it could be where somebody's nose is. This is what I do with some people that I, I don't like to look at. Is that I look just below their eyes, and it looks like I'm looking at them. Like right now, I'm not looking at the camera. I'm looking somewhere somewhere else. But it looks like I'm looking at you, but I'm not. And Ella, she's on a a, a laptop, and so she's looking just below where the camera is. Um, I try to look at the camera as much as possible. I think it's just instinctive now because, um, like, I, I've done, you know, camming. I did, I started the first VR webcam platform, some of the first VR cam girl, but, like, that was kind of, I didn't actually do adult VR camming for very long. But, you know, now I'm, uh, like, for my own company, I'm not doing adult anymore. Um, the last project we did was um, non-adult, mainstream, just, shooting the shit, talking about VR games, talking about life, talking about whatever, um, live stream in VR. So every day for an hour, I would sit and talk to a VR camera and talk to my viewers who I didn't identify myself as Ella Darling. I was just Ella because I didn't want people, I mean, if they're going to make the connection, they're going to make the connection. But, you know, I didn't want the porn persona to be at the forefront. And so yeah, for like an hour or more every day for like almost a year, I would just sit in a room and talk to a VR camera, just like this, just talking to a camera that I drill smiley face on. Drill <laughs> <laughs> smiley face. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of want to. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Blue. But no, I was just gonna say, like with photography, a lot of times when you take pictures of like kids, you put there's these things you can buy for your camera. It's basically like a scrunchie that you put in your hair, but it has like little eyeballs on it. And like a smiley face, so it makes the camera look like like a character, so the kid isn't afraid of the camera. And when you set the whole smiley face on a camera thing, made me think of that. I just thought that was funny. We actually, so um, when we made the adult VR cam platform, and um, we were working with a, an an adult campsite, and we were, you know, I I mean, I trained I trained cam performers to do VR camming uh, on three continents, and. So these are cam performers who are used to traditional camming, and so like talking to a VR camera is like a little different. So we actually 3D printed like little glasses and a little smiley face onto <laughs> the camera, so it like reminded them that like you're talking to a person, you're talking to someone, and you need to make eye contact with them because they're in VR, and if you don't look at them, they're gonna feel super weird. <laughs> so yeah, I have I I have it somewhere, but yeah, I have these little like 3D printed VR camera cases that are these dorky little smiley face robot-looking guys. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Wait, no. yeah. oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Blue. Go, no, go ahead, Onida. I, I asked another question. Uh, I kind of want to switch it a little bit. Um, actually, myself and Cronus last year, uh, Cronus actually ran into you at Comic-Con 2019, really briefly. We're outside of Hall H. Mm -hmm. uh, just to bring it up, this past weekend was uh, Comic-Con at home. Did you get a chance to see anything that was uh, online broadcasted from Comic-Con at home. Anything that caught your eye or did you see any panels? Nothing. I didn't. And Comic-Con online, I think, is a really cool idea. It's a really great way for fans to be able to, to sort of feel the connection to Comic-Con that they missed. But for me, Comic-Con was never really about panels. I don't, I mean, I went to, I'd only go to panels that were really small and didn't have a wait time and featured someone I either, like, really respected or, like, 
kind of tangentially new. For me, Comic-Con has always been about, like, seeing my friends I never get to see. Nice. Um, like, some of my, there's this friend group I have, um, some of whom I met in college, that now do this really big, awesome, like, webcomic and, like, uh, video, like, short, like, cartoon shorts and, and whole TV shows and games, and, and they, they've got this amazing empire. I'm so impressed with them. But, like, at the end of the day, it was just about going and hanging out with my friends and, like, supporting them in the work that they do and, you know, going to parties that my friends throw that are just, like, about seeing my friends. It, like, not about, like, meeting celebrities or getting autographs or going to panels. It was just about seeing people I only get to see at Comic-Con. And that's not something that I can recreate with Comic-Con at home. It's something I can do on Facebook, I guess. But, like, just like anything, like, I... I mean, we could message each other on Facebook anytime, but Comic Con was the reason we actually like hung out and talked and connected, and that's. Oh, oh, that's oh, real quick, yeah. what's the webcomic? Um, Plug it. Uh, Cyanide and Happiness. Oh shit! Oh, oh wow! Yeah. Nobody's heard of that before. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, um, I have one of their games. I can no, I can't grab it. I actually, um, I, I previously used it to elevate my laptop for, um, for a custom video that I shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Wait, you did like, you did like what Tony Stark did with the Captain America show, where you used it as a like little booster thing for the when he's making a reactor thing. Yeah, I mean it's, <laughs> it's a really nicely proportioned game. It's called Trial by Trolley. Here, I'll grab it. interesting. It's a. Oh, it's like right oh there. snap! <laughs> yeah, but it's nice and thick, so I like um, I shot like. It's still like in the fucking bag or the. Yeah, I haven't opened it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. So you know, uh, this whole like quarantine lifestyle is so like, oh, we're not going anywhere, we're not seeing anyone, we're not socializing. I'm like the hipster of that, like, <laughs> in my life. Um, so I just don't really see enough people to play board games or play any kind of games. But it is really cool. The concept is awesome. Check it out, Trial by Trolley. I love them. Um, but yeah, they're the, they're, they're the people that I miss the most right now. They're like, they've been my Comic-Con family forever and they've been very much a family. Very, very amazing and supportive. And so I've had some shitty Comic-Cons and they're <laughs> awesome and they've been amazing. So anyway, yeah. That's what I miss, and I'm not going to get it through Comic-Con at home. So also, launching a Kickstarter, holy shit, like, um, like you go into it like, oh, it's cool, we'll just like, oh, we'll just do this thing, whatever. And then it's like, you get into it, and you're trembling with exhaustion, because what did we sign on to? And so this whole week, and I haven't even had the chance to. I wish I could. I wish I could do Comic-Con at home and, like, actually get... Like that friendship experience, you know that you, whatever. Yeah. Why don't you do Ella Darling from home? I mean, all the all the talk show hosts are doing that. I mean, I guess you do do that. That's called that was the the art. art. <laughs> well, just like a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to for for Gonzo VR. We shut that down last last year, but um, that's just too like I just don't want people in my home. Yeah, that's your, I, like, that's your place. The, yeah. Yeah, this already. I'm like, oh god, what? Can you can you see what a fucking garbage monster I am in the background? If I turn my camera around, you'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm Ella. I'm in a fucking garage right now. Like seriously, if I if I move the camera anywhere except for right here, it'd be a horror show. 
Like, yeah. I, yeah. I literally have comics stacked fucking... It, it, everybody that's been on in here, they know. I have comics stacked high <laughs> that are right next to me. I'm not going to show it. How embarrassing. Your stacks of awesome comics. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. What a box to bear. Well, they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not in boxes because... I don't have when he, he's almost at a horror level. <laughs> I, I mean, you say that like, oh my god, I, I'd be so embarrassed. And I'm like, damn, that's actually really fucking cool. Well, most of them, a lot of them aren't red. That's the embarrassing part. A lot of them are red, but a lot of them are not red. So, yeah. Um, so somebody's asking, you cannot answer this. Um, what was your shittiest Comic-Con experience? Um... Let me just, I'm going to say one line, because it's a bummer, and then sure. we're just going to glide past. Okay. <laughs> um, a friend of mine killed herself the day before my birthday, and my birthday fuck? was a Comic-Con. Oh. And then my friends were really amazing, and they supported me, and they were just so wonderful and kind, and they were there for me in all the right ways. And it was a, I mean, it still sucked, but it was, you know, like, having great friends makes the makes a world of difference. Mm. You know? Damn. Yeah. Friendship I'm, sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes. That, that's we got a horrible fan of that. That's a crazy question. <laughs> it's okay. I We're mean, it I got a quick yeah. question for you. Like, I know your your Twitter handle says Stoner Adulterer. Stone Adulterer. Yes. And I see that you're vaping. Are you? What are you vaping on? Um, it's actually just a nicotine vape. Um, oh, okay. So I, I mean, I, I am a proponent of cannabis, but also like the stoned adulterer thing. It was a little nod to cannabis, but also sort of like a um, sort of a joke about you know adulterers being stoned biblically. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would never. <laughs> That's quite different. Yeah, I see what you did. Oh, That's I had a. <laughs> yeah. So have you gotten any new geek tattoos? Because for those of you who don't know, Ella has a lot of like either video game related or like fantasy well, related or just nerdy like tats. Well, she was she was a librarian, so she's like a legit she was. librarian. <laughs> yeah, she's a legit librarian. So I'm wondering if you've gotten anything new in the last like couple years. The last tattoo I got was actually the first tattoo I'd gotten since my early 20s. It was it was a few years ago. Um, so my sister and I so my whole family, like I come from a family of geeks, especially like Trekkie geeks. Trekkers. Oh, okay. Yeah. How dare you call us Trekkies? No, I'm just kidding. Trekkers, if you feel like nasty. Um, so <laughs> my sister and I, we wanted to get tattoos together. And so we were kind of brainstorming, like, what it's going to be. And finally I was like, hey, let's get Live Long and Prosper. And then I um, I translated it into Vulcan. And I learned <laughs> how to split, like, to split a phrase in Vulcan. So my sister has the first part. And then I have the second part. Oh, it's, nice. Oh, wow. Oh, I, oh, oh, yeah. I just made focus on you. There we go. I got it now. Nice. Yeah. That almost so looks like whole, music notes. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the latest one I have. And it's, it's cool. Have you been watching the latest Star Trek series? The, there's two of them now. I watched Picard. Okay. You didn't watch um, uh, Discovery? No. Um, I don't have the platform that it's on i probably will eventually but next hold on ella i'm calling you out they're both on the same platform really yes yeah (laughs) i didn't know that now you know Um, wait i thought wait isn't i thought um yeah i thought discovery was on amazon 
No, oh, Discovery CBS and Picard are both on CBS All Access. Oh, are on the same yeah. thing. Huh. All right. Maybe I'll get another free pass for, for that to watch it. Well, um, I'm less excited about Discovery. I was really excited about Picard because Next Gen is like my it's like my 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 trek home. Like so that's what I grew up in. Like my my dog was named Jordi Yana. Nice. Um, <laughs> wow. And my I, my first ever nerd convention was a Star Trek convention um, in the Bay Area. In I think it was in San Francisco, and uh, uh, Marina Sirtis, who plays Deanna Troy, actually held oh. me to her bosom because oh, I'm nice. a toddler. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> like, her talk. Now I feel old as fuck. Thanks, well, Ella. Anyway. Um, yeah, she's a, she's a great <laughs> goddess. She's cool as fuck. But I, I wasn't a toddler when that shit was out. <laughs> uh, awesome. But well, Marina Sirtis is... I've actually... I've met Marina Sirtis. And she's a fantastically wonderful woman. For so, a brief like, amount one, of time I spoke to her. One cool thing about... We've done... I've talked about this on the podcast. And everybody knows what I'm about to say. But one of my most iconic moments... Of being a podcaster was we got the, I got to interview Nichelle Nichols who played Aurora in the original Star Trek. Yeah, the, the video's on our on our YouTube channel and like I was that was probably the most nervous I've ever been interviewing somebody just because like I know she was an icon and like you know she's like the, there's so much history with her as far as TV goes and just being able to have a Jeff to interview was like a, like was like a um, a once in a lifetime experience basically but she was super nice it was like talking to like my grandmother or like my auntie or something like she felt like i was just talking to family like she was so comfortable to talk to but she was ooh, the behind the scenes is so great <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's so awesome holy shit oh, all right do you guys want to get into some topics or are we going to still keep i still want to ask you something else <laughs> Ella, what are you playing right now for video games? Are you playing anything? Um, mostly I've been playing Vero Play Space and Game Lodge because I um between that makes that money. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's just it's a lot of work. Like working for a company that I really respect and also launching my own shit right now, like I just don't have like I haven't had time to really like play games, read comics, um, watch much TV. Like when I have time to do something, I, I like I try to wake up early so I have a few hours in the morning to just like read books on my phone and that's like it. That's all my wait, that's wait. all I get. Okay, what are you reading? What am I reading? I'm reading a book. It's I mean it's it's a young adult series. I read a bunch of young adult series. I go through them like they're fucking popcorn. I've got through a couple uh, of those. <laughs> end up, a lot of those end up turning into movies anyway, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. terrible um, movies. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a series. Um, the book I'm on is called Sinless, it's uh, dystopian. Oh yeah, I have the Beholder series by Sarah Tarkov. Um, it's about this like, in a few years apparently, there's going to be this huge revelation and all religions are going to be, uh, you know, consolidated into one that worships the great spirit that physically, literally punishes you when you do something bad. And I don't want to cause, I don't want to put out any spoilers, but it kind of puts a magnifying glass to the way we perceive religion and the way we perceive autonomy. And, um, I don't know. It's pretty good. It's pretty fun. I like it. Nice. But I, I don't know. If you asked me what I was reading a week ago, I couldn't fucking tell you. My girlfriend's, <laughs> my girlfriend's the same way. Have you read the, uh, Riley Adamson books? What are they? What, what's the, 
It's about like this. She's like this supernatural sort of like supernatural like hunter. I've read a bunch of her books. Well, I listened to them, and then I was like, I had to read like one of the supplemental books, and I was like, I don't want to read. I just want to listen. So I yeah. just kind of fell off. It made me. <laughs> I kind of feel bad about it because I used to read a lot of books, but now Audible has been like my shit. I've been listening to like a lot of books lately. Okay, first of all, don't feel bad. Consuming books is consuming books. Reading is reading. Whether you're doing it through an audiobook or through a physical book or through a digital book, you're consuming literature, and that's cool, and fuck anyone who tells you otherwise. And second of all, please send me uh, send me some links, because I'd love to check it out. Oh, well, I'll, I'll send you a link. Uh, yeah. yeah, It's a pretty good one. Pretty good series. And I've been getting into... Uh, have you heard of lit RPGs? No. They're called literary RPGs, so it's like... This whole subset of, so you read, did you, did you, did you read Ready Player One? Yeah, of course. So think about Ready Player One, but actually like set in like a real RPG setting. Like people have hit points and shit like that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Like people that sounds have, yeah. So there's like a whole bunch of like really good books that I've just been like totally stuck. I've been like, my reading series have been like weird because it's been like lit RPG series and like super deep fucking civil rights books. <laughs> so I'll read like <laughs> two or three civil rights books and then like five lit RPGs and then back to civil rights books. So yeah, lit RPGs are they're a lot of fun. That's really cool. Yeah, I would love um, if you get a chance, please send me some some books because I, okay, so I'm in this place like why books are really awesome. I love them. Like my when I was a librarian, I you know my focus was young adult librarianship, yeah. but it's also like they're so engaging that it's just so easy. Like I go through one in like two days yeah. and so it's just like feast or famine like sometimes my, my library holds I'm like oh I've got like five books waiting for me I'm great and then once I get to the end I'm like what the fuck am I going to do when I finish wait. this book yeah, what am I gonna yeah so <laughs> please send it to me send me anything you anything Will especially in the I got some good ones so, yeah. good thank you it's usually really hard to find books to enjoy like it's it's almost some some of it's like a hit or miss but like the last book that I enjoy reading was the book called um Infinite or Infinity? Oh, that was so good. Yeah, I read that one too because because of you. Yeah, yeah, and like that book, I literally was like laying in bed late at night just reading it just because it was so good. Like it's been a long time time since I read a book where I'm like, oh my god, I can't go to sleep. But like it, it was almost like watching a TV show. Like I was so hooked on it that I had to get to the end to see what what was gonna happen next. <laughs> okay, so I have a recommendation for you, or I have a suggestion. So, um, first of all. You can always call your uh, reference librarian at your local library and just ask mm. for read-alikes, or you can Google read-alikes. Mm. Read-alike is sort of a term in librarianship, or just in books, I guess, where it's like, I really like this book, what's similar? Mm. Um, but your librarian would love to help you find other books that are in line with what you're interested in. Um, and then what I do when I'm out of options is I just go on Amazon, I look at the book that I really liked, and I look at other books people have bought who have also bought this book. I do the same thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but your if your local library uses uh, Libby or Overdrive, they also have that feature where... Yeah, it, you can check out books. Yeah, but they also like recommend books similar to what you just read. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, uh, <clears throat> have you had a chance to write a book, Ella? I'm, oh not, God, I'm, not, a, I'm not a novelist. It's, um... Mm. Yeah. I... No. I mean, you could do memoirs or help someone with their memoirs or whatnot. I'm a, I'm, I've signed on as a beta reader for a friend who's writing a book, and I'm really excited to help her. Uh, I just, 
I don't know. I, I can't imagine writing something that wouldn't be absolutely cringy and like weird and awful and I don't know, trite. Like I like falling into other people's worlds. My world is boring and uninteresting. <laughs> your world is you know, to most people, Yeah, to most people your world is not boring at all. <laughs> exactly. And you've been a, a CEO how many times now? Never. I don't you haven't been, I could have sworn you posted that you're a CEO of at least one company. Co-founder for sure, but not CEO. I don't know. I feel like the title of CEO is not something I want to shoulder. And also, I don't think it's as impressive as people think. Like, if, if you're not someone who's in, like, the entrepreneurial world or, like, the tech world or the startup world, like, oh, that person's a CEO is like, oh, oh, my. But when you're in this world, it's like, oh, cool. What have you actually fucking done, though? Yeah. Really? Oh, good for you. Gold star on your business card, I guess. <laughs> you know, like, I don't... Not for everyone, certainly, but in some cases, it's just, like, posturing, and I already have to prove myself in other ways as a sex worker, as a woman in the tech industry who works in crossover fields. It's like, yeah, I just, I do marketing. I do, I, I do this, whatever. I just do shit. Like, you're dead. I don't care. God. All right. Well, okay. let's transition a little bit to. Uh, we have general topics we're going to talk about uh, during yeah. this podcast. Yeah, I sent over the list of the. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, list. Okay. So get up to what we're going to be talking about. Feel free to tap out whenever you want to. It's fine. You already know the safe word. We all know it too. <laughs> you, you, you can thank uh, the safe word that you know is uh, you can thank W. Kamau Bell for that safe yep. word. He's nice. the one that that made it up for us. <clears throat> anyway. I don't know if you knew, uh, to, but today they had a Senate, I'm sorry, a House Judiciary Committee on the CEOs of major tech companies, and they were talking about monopolies. Did, did you watch any of that at all today? No, but my mom told me about it. I called my parents earlier, and my mom was telling me about it, and she was like, they just, like, <laughs> they would ask good questions, and they didn't understand the answers, and they just <laughs> Yeah. Why, why do they do that? You, like, you should watch. Know. You should watch every anytime they have any tech CEO on, watch them. Like sometimes, <sighs> or just watch the highlights at least, because some of the, they're so fucking cringy. Of watching these super old people try to understand technology, like they still don't understand how Google makes money off of ads. I'm like, it's a free service. How the fuck do you think they're? <laughs> like, how do you think they're gonna make money off of a free yeah. service? And yeah, it's it it's really interesting how our government is doing all this out of work. touch yeah they're so out of touch because they're I, I'm, I'm not I don't like the word ageist but I don't trust a, a 75 year old to change a tire on a car so why would I trust them to understand technology or run our nation and it's like and it's really weird when you when you hear them ask questions about shit that they clearly don't know about like they, they somebody literally asked, Mark Zuckerberg, why Donald Trump Jr. got uh, suspended from Twitter uh, yes. for 12 hours. I'm like, well, Mark Zuckerberg is the CEO of Facebook. He's not the CEO <laughs> of fucking Twitter. Like, how the fuck would he know why he got suspended from Twitter? It, it's just, it's amazing. <laughs> I feel like... I, I really want to cut people some slack, and it's very easy for me to um, sort of... It'd be so easy to just talk shit about these fucking out-of-touch fucking 
not even boomers, just like you're still around, I guess. Yeah, but still like, around. <laughs> They're pre-boomers, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, if you're a lawmaker or or whatever, like you're not going to be an expert on everything. Yeah. Why would we expect them to be an expert on everything? Why don't we have people there, like helping to contextualize things and explain? I mean, it would take forever. I I've I've tried to help grandparents with technology, and those hearings would be like a week long. But so like. Why don't why aren't there people trying like why aren't there people going over these questions? Like oh, actually Mark Zuckerberg doesn't work for Twitter. Maybe edit this one real quick. Like yeah. <laughs> why are they allowed like how embarrassing. I would be mortified if someone let me do that. I'd be pissed if people around me were like, Yeah, that go ahead and ask that. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, I think even last time when they had when they were questioning Mark not Mark yeah, when they were questioning Mark Zuckerberg about Facebook when he was like under investigation for like privacy leak, like the way the questions they were asking him were like, You don't even know the answers that he's given you. Like what what's the point? Like, you guys just don't get it. Yeah. It's been a while since I saw that particular one, but I felt like and correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like some of the questions were like borderline like hey mark zuckerberg can you trouble can you help me figure out facebook why did my facebook account do this yeah. oh no that literally <laughs> that child? yeah it, it happened today with somebody that was a younger guy and he was wondering it was a guy on the on the right and he was wondering why when he looked up certain conservative websites why it was so low on the google search field and i'm just like you're you're voicing your personal grievances with google in a in a House Judiciary Committee test, I'm like, this is not the proper context or time to like voice your grievances with a particular company when you're getting paid by the people to do this. And I was just like, uh, how this person is is a person in power, and he's like maybe he's probably around my same age, but he just didn't understand how shit worked. Like he was like, how come sometimes when I send out stuff for my campaign, it gets put in spam folders? I'm like, well. If people click that they don't want to see your shit anymore and that it's spam, then yeah, their algorithm automatically puts them in the in the spam folder. But he doesn't get that. And I'm just like, and it was a young guy. I'm just like, these are people that are asking tech companies questions. I don't even understand how tech works, like at all. And it's it's embarrassing. Were they asking Zuckerberg about Google results? No, they yeah. were asking. Um, I forget the guy's name. It's the the Indian guy, Apash. Apash. I forget his last name. But as a Google CEO, about how Gmail worked with spam folders, and he was like, "It's only he thought that only people on the on the right would be." And just full disclaimer, I'm not on the right or the left. Like, I'm very squarely in the middle, right? And so when he was asking like why there were so many conservative websites and blah 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 that were getting squashed, and it's just like, listen, it happens to Democrats as well. Like we had Tulsi Gabbard, she got put in spam folders and she got uh, her stuff uh, pulled off Google as well and a whole bunch of other people have as well. But they, they weren't really interested in hearing that. So it was like, it was really embarrassing to like have them do like this whole political thing about uh, a tech platform. It was, it was really weird. And the guy you're talking about is Sudar Pichai? Thank you. Maybe? I think I, that's I pronounced it right. You probably didn't pronounce it right, but that's, that's him. I know you're talking about He's all maybe. It's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, don't know what 
Is there any topics you want to talk about from our list? Um, I, I can't remember them, and it's probably <laughs> not be great podcasting if I just start scrolling on my phone, but yeah. I'll it on anything, like I said before, I'll fucking talk until you... <laughs> <laughs> Right, hold on. Um, we gotta ask her something good that's on here, something that should be more relevant to her. I was gonna say the demon term. No. <laughs> what, what we oh, wow. <laughs> have you heard about the the demon sperm? Oh my god. So oh. You have... <laughs> uh, demon what sperm, alien that? DNA. Alien DNA. What's uh, the other one? There's there's one more. Uh, she yelled at Facebook that um, yeah, if they don't put her videos back up, um, there are vaccines to make people non-religious. Oh yeah, that one's crazy. What? Yeah, there's. It's just it's a lot, and it's like I feel like there's just been this weird decline in what we are. Common sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and and so not like. Four or five years ago, if this person was part of government, it would be like a huge, I mean, it's a huge story right now, everyone's talking about it, but it would not just be like, oh my God, can you believe this? It's like right now, we're talking about it like it's, you know, high school gossip, whereas I feel like a few years ago, we would be like, okay, so this is going to stop immediately. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. And now we're just like, <laughs> the world, right? <laughs> Let me show you some memes. Oh, man. It's, it's embarrassing. Like, I, I was, was it yesterday or today that all that stuff started flooding out? But I was just, I was just shaking my head and it's like, I'm embarrassed for the people that are like sharing this, like on my timeline. I'm just like, why are you not exercising your, your common sense or like, or just it's just basic intelligence to be like, yo, maybe I should look into what this crazy person is saying before I just like, yeah, like, yeah she's got some good ass ideas and stuff. And then now you're co-signing yourself with this with this psychopath and everything. And people are just like, oh yes, whatever, no big deal. Just just look into it. Oh, my video is being taken down because it's 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 the truth, and they're trying to hide it now and stuff. And it's just, I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So like, I I just started to use the report as false news button on my Facebook feed just yeah, to try to, 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 to see if that would work. And I think I think it has been, hopefully, because uh, I've been seeing more and more people getting pissed off. So I was just like, yeah, get off my, my timeline with this bullshit. Well, I think that's what part of the, you know, the powers that be they don't understand is that uh, in social media, we are given the power to report these sorts of things. And I don't think they understand that if enough people click, this is fucking bullshit, They'll take it down. But they don't understand that there's even a button that exists because they're not really on these platforms because they're old as fuck. And the, per- yeah. the person that wasn't old as fuck was an idiot. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, the, I, highest, the highest person in government tweeted out that basically said this, this girl's spitting fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, this person's spitting. Um, yeah. It was strange to me because I actually had a discussion with someone literally just before the podcast they're like well they took her her video down i'm like are you referring to the doctor that's talking about demon sperm and alien dna they're all like well she also had the hydroxychloroquine whatever hydroxychloroquine. she had yeah yeah 
Yeah, or they call it HCX, I believe. And she's like, uh, they were like, oh, well, she treated these patients and saw um, positive results. And I'm like, okay, she may have treated these patients, but then when you start saying aliens, demon sperm, uh, you know, you say Jesus is coming and you have the truth up on your, uh, yeah, your credibility has kind of gone out the window, at least for me. It yeah. may not be for you, but they're trying to double down and be like, well, you should look at the results of these people showing recovery. I'm like, that's great. But I, I turned it on them. I said, do you feel comfortable with this person saying that and they're going to treat you? And they're going to tell you that uh, you have taken too much demon sperm and I'm going to treat you with alien DNA and this is what's going to cure you of whatever kind of ailment you have. I'm like, are you comfortable with that? And they're trying to sidestep that, like, I'm just like, okay. But you can get this is where we're at. You can get demon sperm from your In this day and age. We're in this mess partially because people are just refusing to listen to actual legitimate science. I mean, people have just been stubborn and trying to take shortcuts rather than just being like, all right, we all need to just take a quick time out, sit at home for a couple months, yet yeah, all sucks but it's something we need to do for the greater good of society. And people are just so impatient that they're like, nah, I can't do this. This is fucking up my freedom. I need to go to Applebee's and uh, get the super <laughs> 20 menu with, with all my friends. And literally we are, we have not made any legitimate progress since when this thing started in like March. And then you look at other countries and yeah, I understand that our population is, is much larger and everything, but thing is they co-signed and they were cool with yeah this is going to be inconvenient and not comfortable for us to to sort of just be in our homes like how italy was where they pretty much were just had to stay inside and could not go outside and they understood yeah this sucked balls but we got to do this so we can at least continue on with life we were not able to do that and we have not progressed in any aspect whatsoever except in our death totals and our sick totals since like february march and it's videos like that that are just keeping us in, in this like Groundhog's Day cycle where it's just like, oh shit, I, I don't want to listen to the doctor. I'm, I'm going to fucking listen to this person I saw on Facebook with this catchy meme. And uh, I think that this, this might be my own personal home re remedy for this pandemic. It's just so frustrating because there's no end in sight for, for this pandemic, at least in the United States, as far as I'm concerned, because people are just continuously doing dumb shit. And, getting other people to do dumb shit with them. Yeah, so... Go ahead, Ella. No, you go ahead. I'm going to go back to what you were saying, Stitch, about um, just people rejecting science. And people are rejecting science until they find any fucking doctor that will say <laughs> something that supports what they want to believe. Yeah, um, yeah. And they feel like they're coming to battle with, like, hey, you've got your doctors. Well, I've got this one that says this that says she treated these people when this happened. And they think that they're coming in on equal grounds, but there's a scientific method and there's a process, especially in the medical field, for proving comes down to very large sample sizes and a, a long-term you know, research process that's proven and overseen by you know, uh, ethical research boards and, and it takes time. And so it's. I think that this is a big thing with um, with a lot of misinformation right now in that there are people who have, you know, information that is uh, 
scientifically proven based on acceptable methods, acceptable research, uh, you know, research methods, and uh, that go along with the the ways that the medical community has established over a period of decades, if I don't know, if not longer, as a way to show that I have this idea, I tried it out, and here's how I can show you that it works. Not just I think this is going to work. Not just I tried it on this patient or these five patients or these this sample of patients and it worked, but here's how it works in this sample of patients. Here's how I vetted those patients. Here's uh, here's all the information that you need to know to question me because you should be questioning me because everything that we do, it, it's absolutely fallible and it's it's always going to be, and we should always question each other, and you should be questioning me because that's what science is. And I'm happy to be wrong if you follow the procedures to prove that I'm wrong because I'm not standing my ground to prove that what I'm saying is right. I'm standing on the grounds of science to help move forward our understanding of how health and medicine works. And if you prove me wrong, hell yes. Now as as a culture, as a society, as, as a you know, population, we're all moving forward together. Even if I was wrong, we're all benefiting from that. And that's exactly. not what these people are doing. They just, they really want to double down on their crazy bullshit. And I wouldn't call it crazy bullshit if they just follow the same standards of medicine. Yeah, I, mean, I think one of the kind of touching on what you said is that like a lot of people are kind of starting to doubt Dr. Fauci because in the beginning, what they used um, in the beginning was different kind of models to determine like what was going to happen with this virus and a lot of that information came to fruition but it also did not happen just because we started to wear masks we people were sheltering in place so the numbers were coming were going down and like a lot of people were like well okay everything's good now let me go out and have fun because the, the, the likelihood of me catching this virus isn't what they predicted well the reason why it wasn't what they predicted is because we all took action and by staying at home and now the numbers are going up and people are more people are dying so like People, they see one thing and they expect another and like they're just kind of doubting what people say when they, when the, when the words were first brought out by Dr. Fauci and other scientific people in the community. Yeah, that I, makes sense. I think the weird thing here, especially in America, is that they don't really understand the way that a lot of people, I'm not going to say everybody, they don't understand the way that science works, is that there's a scientific method and it can be wrong and the 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 point of science is that you get to a point to where you eliminate what's wrong to get to what's right. And so people here in America, they're like, oh, well, we didn't, this certain thing that you said was going to happen didn't happen. And this other thing that uses the scientific method proved that it's wrong. But it's like you're still using the scientific method to prove that it's wrong. We can move forward by doing that. I don't think any single person in science would say that <clears throat> it's very, there's very few things where it's like, even considered absolute, where it's like, I'm saying this now, and this is the way it's always going to be. And I think that that's what most people want to hear, but it's like, listen, you can still chip away, you know, at certain methods or theories or whatever, and come up with a whole different, you know, outset. But people just don't understand that there, there can be mistakes, and you should learn from the mistakes. And that's a huge problem here in America, because fucking America hasn't learned from their mistakes at all. We still haven't. I mean, on, on just basic social issues, we make the same goddamn mistakes that we've made for the past, you know, four and plus years. And it's, it's fucking embarrassing. I mean, on, to, to me, as an American, as a, as a U.S. Marine, as a, I consider myself a patriot, and we still make the same bullshit mistakes. 
because we think that we're always right and it's fucking it's dumb strength is not about platitudes it's about testing and the buzzfeed like cultural uh absorption of information that people have really started to lean into over the past like i don't know decade or so that like uh hey scientists have been researching this what the scientists are researching is a very small incremental change that they're maybe going to experiment with and they're not drawing con like conclusive observations on it just makes a really good headline to say like hey scientists think that turmeric can help prevent cancer <laughs> yeah. it, it's so much more it, it's it's always less exciting than it's reported as because yeah. it's not about big breakthroughs. Everyone wants it to be a big breakthrough. It's about incremental observation and understanding and changing the way we see things over time. And people are just so impatient right now. They just they want that like sci-fi movie breakthrough, and that's just not how the yeah. world works. That's not how science works. No. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. People are trying to rush science, and when you try to rush science, I mean. It always ends up bad. I mean, we. This is what happens in like Jurassic Park and all these other <laughs> movies. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna have guests come into the park before our electric fences work and shit like that. Like, no, that's, that's a bad fucking idea, and people just don't seem to understand the concept of it. It's like, and I love how we uh, we we've all brought up the scientific method because it's, it seems like, ironically, a lot of people just did not have that that basic science in uh in like elementary school it's like when you when you had that science experiments and I, I like when you brought up the, the models and stuff um like when you when you had that science experiment or project where you would grow like five different plants and one of the plants you use water the other one you might use like milk to grow it or, or coffee or gatorade but the thing is it's got what the plants crave. Is, it's got electrolytes. <laughs> yeah, it's got electrolytes. It's what plants need. <laughs> yeah, but but like you were saying with the models and stuff, all the other variables have to be the same in order for it to be like an actual legit like science experiment. You can't have the plant that's being grown with Gatorade not get any sunlight, or the plant that's grown with milk be fucking you know have shitty ass soil. And so when people are just being like, oh well, these. These controlled uh, these these models are all fucked up and they're wrong. Well, yeah, because people in Georgia aren't trying to wear masks and they're more concerned about going to party in the Ozarks and shit in, in Arkansas rather than the people in New York who were taking it seriously at the time and were able to reduce the numbers. And people are just sort of like don't understand that we have literally 50 different states doing their own different different plans and even on a sub level you go to like local governments where certain counties are being like yeah you can go here you can go dine in in applebee's or go to sizzler and some places you're like no you got to stay home and people are just like trying to take all of that all those fucked up control variables that that should be the same and they're they aren't and they're they're acting all confused i'm like well it's, it's not working it's not working uh, this is bullshit like they, they just don't understand simple science on a basic elementary level can I recommend a doctor that I find really, really informative right now who is very accessible and like, I don't know, I just think that what she says about this shit right now is really good. Sure. Dr. Sydney McElroy, I follow her on Twitter. She has, she does a lot of great things, but she's just very like straightforward. You, She doesn't, you know, she doesn't use a bunch of jargon she's just like here's what you need to know this is the information this is what we know this is what we don't know we just don't know it sorry about it but 
this is what we're working with. And I love what you said about control groups. Like, there is no real control group right now. There's no. it's impossible to have a control group in no. a working, moving society unless we literally put people in a, a, a an isolated laboratory, which I imagine they're doing maybe to some degree with some of the vaccine testing, but I have no idea what is actually going on there. But, yeah, it's just people are wanting results super fast, and they want acceleration, and accelerating things is not always the best choice. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, oh. I'm very concerned about the, the <clears throat> vaccine that they're working on. They're like, oh, we're going to get the fastest vaccine ever. The fastest vaccine ever. I'm just like, hmm. Yeah, that Dude, sounds great, that but fuck that. Like, I'm not fucking taking that shit. I'll, I'll let millions of people take that first. You know, <laughs> see, <laughs> right? see how they do. I'll stay at home while you take that shit. I don't want yeah, a fast yeah, vaccine. Yeah. I want an effective and tested vaccine. I don't want it to be any faster than it needs to be. You know, I don't understand why people want it to be so fucking fast. Like, I understand, like, the the simplistic, like, lizard mind thing of, about it. But when it comes to, like, actual human beings, if you speed, speed up a vaccine without probably testing it, it's going to cause potentially more deaths. So why the yep. fuck would you want to speed it up? I, yeah, I, I or it. or zombies. I mean, yeah. I'm not really prepared for zombies, but I mean, I mean, I'm honestly, wait. zombies would be better because I could fucking kill them. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I get. I mean, I guess that's kind of true, but I don't want to be surrounded by them because one one little mistake, you can end up being zombie food. All right, in the best case scenario, we all get superpowers. I mean, if we get superpowers, it could be at a cost. I mean, what if it, like, burns you out and you only get powers for two weeks and then you die? I mean, you have two weeks of greatness and then and then that's it. Or you can have two weeks or a hundred weeks of greatness. I don't know. We, we, that's the thing. Never know. We, don't, we don't know. That's, no, we don't know. That's a problem. We don't know. And uh, I actually saw someone post about what uh, Dr. Fauci had put up, like, coronavirus is new. They have no idea what the long-term effects are. He brought up a very good point about um, chickenpox. If you have chickenpox when you're a child, you are at risk for getting shingles when you're older. And it's actually yeah. when you hit a certain age group, you're you're at a very high risk of getting shingles. They don't know what could happen with COVID. COVID-19 in 30, 40 years, if you're infected with it, you could, who knows what, maybe you burst out a chest burster or something. Maybe something was ingested inside you and then all of a sudden a xenomorph bust out of you. Or maybe you uh, end up with some weird immunodeficiency thing. We have no idea because you know why? It's very new. They don't know how to fight it. It keeps mutating and more testing needs to get done. And I think people are just impatient. They're sitting at home, running out of stuff to watch on Netflix and Hulu and now they're all frustrated. It's like it's either stay home so they can do their job or you guys can go out and just make things worse for everybody. I don't want a xenomorph to burst out of me because I'm just not ready to be a mom yet. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh my god, I'm so fucking good. But what if, so hold on, El, Ella, but what if you live what if you live though and you have this badass baby? With a tail though. Yeah, but I'm gonna be a mom though. How do I get like I have a new business. Like, <laughs> like how am I going to look after that? Like, I want to be a good xenomorph mom, and I don't know that I could be the best mom I could be. If I can't be the best mom I can be for that xenomorph baby, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to be in therapy with some, you know, paranormal doctor who's like, hey, she wanted to care for you. She just, she was 
doing so much other shit at the time. Yeah. Too but it's kind of the acid, the acid spitting. Pro- yeah. Well, it's probably Damon's Acid phone. drooling. <laughs> oh my god, imagine nursing. If you want to go super uh, sci-fi. I mean, be a if, formula if, baby. If you had if you had an alien baby, a chestburster, it'd be like a day, and then it'd be like adolescent, and then day two it'd be like Oh, a, that's it'd true. Be like you'd be good. Oh, cool. So in a day it hates me and like sardonically like, you know, <laughs> makes fun of everything I say when I'm just trying to like be a a good caregiver. I was a teenager. I was a shithead. Okay, so this, I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> so hold on, Ella. You already have contacts through the you know the tech industry. You just need to talk to Boston Dyn- Boston Robotics. Have them build you a mech suit that way within <laughs> yeah. that day or whatnot. Boom, you're ready to go. You're you're Ripley'd out as soon as it tries to get you. Just throw it out. You know, you call it a bitch and you throw it out the garage and then you're done. You're ready to kill your own baby? I mean, Jesus Christ, old ninja, where are you going with this? I'm going to call my xenomorph child a bitch. I'm going to call my sweet little darling. <laughs> the sweet little angel it is. However, the zombie apocalypse I'm super ready for. Okay. There you go. So, I'm just going to dress up super hot. I'm going to do my makeup as soon as I'm dying. And then people are going to like think I'm a hot girl. And they're just going to eat their brains as soon as they get too close. Oh. oh. Bait them. Wow. Okay. going to zombie bait them. That's hilarious. See, you know, so, over this, over this weekend, like, since we were talking about the whole bath thing, like, I went down. I was down. I went up to uh, Lake Tahoe. And there were hell of people there. Like, it was like a normal fucking trip going up to Lake Tahoe, but one of the interesting things that I noticed was that, like, not a lot of people were, were wearing masks, and it was weird because there'd be, like, a family, so it'd be, like, a family of, like, eight, where, like, seven of them are wearing masks, but the dad's not, and it's, like, you know, if you get infected, you can infect your family, like, just because you're not wearing a mask now, like, you can still get them, like, you can get them the coronavirus later, and it, it was so, I saw it so often, like, Every like every other person was not wearing a mask, and it was so ridiculous. And like it, it was hard because like I hear for myself, I'm like shit. Like this guy's like walking near me, he's not wearing a mask, and it's so funny how people think that the mask is like they think the mask is the cure, like it's going to keep you from getting it, but it they don't understand that the mask is to keep you from spreading it to others, it's to protect other people from you because you know you can be asymptomatic and still give the virus to other people, and it was oh, I was so fucking frustrating like. Like, you'll see people with, like, the mask just covering up their mouth and not their nose. Or you'll see people, like, you know, they'll take off their masks and, like, it'll be in their hand. But they're, like, walking around a whole crowd of people. And it's like, dude, like, you don't fucking understand what the hell's going on, right? Like, come on, bruh. I first started wearing a mask. So, I, I actually got my mask for Christmas. Um, for Christmas? I, yeah, because... um. There's still There were still fires going on, like, around mm. the way. And so, um, my... Uh, my parents got me this, like, it's called the Vogue mask, and, like, it it really helped reduce migraines whenever there were, like, fires around. So I already had this awesome mask ready to go when mask season started, but I started wearing my mask in February because I um, I had, like, a cough, and I uh, I was flying on an airplane, and, I like, I didn't even go to Avian this year because, and Avian is in early January because that was when we were first learning about the virus stuff, and I just, like, didn't, like, I... I collect, I'm a fine collector of maladies. <laughs> I got shingles and whooping cough and pneumonia 
in the same year. So oh like, if it's available, yeah, I'm gonna snap it up uh, an early adopter pretty much in most cases. So I started working most early because like, I don't know, but I had like a cough and I was on an airplane and who knows, and I didn't want to risk exposing people. And people looked at me like a leper and it's just like, dude, I'm wearing this mask. So that, Thank you. <laughs> if, yeah, like, so if I am actually sick and not just like vaping too much, like, you're not going to be sick as a result. And I, it's like they would have felt safer if I wasn't wearing it, but they were safer, like, actually because I was. And that's something that I really hope sticks around for a long time. I hope this normalizes wearing masks. Like, if you yeah, just cause, wear it. Yeah, because I know in like Asian culture, like, because I've been to Japan and a few times, and like, you can see people wearing masks there because like K fever runs rapid there. So a lot of people wear masks. And when they wear a mask here in America, this is before the whole COVID thing, people look at them bad, like, what, why is that person wearing a mask? Like, what kind of disease do they have? And this is not, and this is not. But, like, you know, if people wear masks, like, with flu season, that might slow the spread of the flu getting around, or even, like, the cold or something like that. So I like the fact that we're wearing masks. I really hope, like, like you said, I hope it becomes kind of like a, a norm, normal thing for people to start doing when they're sick that they will wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Have you seen yeah. people I, resisting? Yeah, I, I, I literally yeah. show. I literally showed the cast people in our state who are supposed to be. We're supposed to be those darn liberal state or the bleeding heart state where uh, people were, are refusing to wear a mask. They're trying to fight people. They're trying to say that their rights are infringed. I'm like, really? It's literally a piece of cloth on your face, and you only need to wear it from like. For literally a limited amount of time, from space to space, usually if, if you're in a restaurant that will let you dine in, you're going to be away from other people, and it's actually okay to take down your mask. It's just that when you interact with other people, or you're going to be by other people, you just keep your mask up. It's really not that hard. Dude, but three kinds of masks right here. I got they're all Batman. I got a Batman one. I got like a, a cloth one and like a different kind of one. Yeah, like, I got a those are panties. Yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> 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 they didn't look like some draws. Oh, it's a fatty, man. Wearing your face is better than wearing nothing. Yeah, it's true. Did you, see that, did you see that one video of the girl who went to like a gas station and they're like, they told her that she couldn't come in and she like took off her panties and pet on her face? I was like, <laughs> first of all. Where, I'm girl, sorry, where, where did you see that? Wasn't that No, I see it right, it should have been. But no, it's like um, I think it was, it was I think it's like some kind of TikTok video where a girl she goes to a gas station and like they want her they told her she'd be wearing a mask and she literally takes off her panties and they're like like a spaghetti a, a spaghetti strap style panties that she puts them on her face to buy like a pack of cigarettes or something like that and then she like leaves or something. Classic. I'm, I'm not gonna shame. I, like, she should have been wearing a mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She should be ashamed of that. You want to put your panties on your face? You fucking live your life, girl. Maybe, maybe don't yeah. look in public in front of other people where they're not consenting to like engage with your kink. But like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Dude, I wonder. I wonder if Japan, if there's anybody that's kind of cosplaying as that that penny guy. Oh fuck! Oh yeah, anti-man. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, do you know? Do you know about that tell guy? Me, tell me. Tell me. So basically, so it's this guy who he basically gets his superpowers by pinning girls' panties on his head. And that's, that's all. That's pretty much the whole entire story. Do, do the powers, is it just like she, he has to have some girl's panties on his head? 
they have to have been worn by a girl? Does it matter, like... So that I don't know. I do know that when he wears the panties, he, he like, has ridiculous ninja skills. Like, he can, like, <laughs> yeah. fight, like, uh, a street fighter or something. It's, like, crazy. I was like, what? And he his mask, with the panties on, it kind of resembles Spider-Man. I mean, he doesn't wear any clothes, though. He wears underwear, but that's about it. Back in my shock right now that this man gets all of his power from wearing girls' panties also just doesn't happen to wear clothes when he does it. I <laughs> oh, my stars and garters. <laughs> so uh, I, got a, I got a question for you, Ella, here. Uh, this is kind of derived from our chat here. I don't know if you've been able to see. Have you seen uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman series, and have you seen the Tim Burton Batman films. Um, I've seen at least the first two Christopher Nolan ones, and remind me which ones were the Tim Burton ones? The ones with Mike and Keaton. So it was just Batman back in '89, and then Batman Returns that had uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in it. I don't think she was born yet. I mean, Elle's only 27, so. Oh, you're right. I mean, yes. that does, there's no. such a thing as there's such a thing as Netflix, Hulu, and Redbox. So. Um, so I've been 27 for several years now, and I worked with Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman molded my sexuality in a very oh. tangible way. Um, I feel like the Tim Burton film, um, look, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm very much more of a Marvel comic person in as much oh, as I... Oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> but I'm also not really a big comic person. I'm very much a completionist and it's really hard to be a completionist and um, uh, not have a bunch of money to spend on being a completionist when it comes to comic books. Oh yes, I spend thousands. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as a child I really liked, like that was my touchstone. I think that was my first touchstone with the Batman like uh, franchise or property. Um, going back and watching them, it's like, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> These she, are movies. Well, Catwoman, though, is still, fuck, hi, yes, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess that would, that would answer the question then. Because the question in the chat was, which was better, the Nolan Batman or Tim Burton's Batman? Oh, oh so, I gotta ask. The oh. Nolan Batman is better, in my opinion, um, which is not reliable because I'm not certain that I've even seen the the last Nolan Batman film. Um, but even if I haven't, I, I I'm certain I've watched at least the first two. He made three, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, there are three. Yeah, yeah it's totally fine. I mean, yeah, you I'm like what you like. Weird. Allegedly, um, no. I would say just based on the first Nolan Batman film, in my opinion, that was better than the Burton films. Completely. Yeah, your okay. your geek credentials on this podcast are never in question, so don't. <laughs> yeah, never in question. Um, I'm sorry. I said you brought up the scientific method, so your geek your geekdom is on a different level. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. I understand. Um, in this in this area in this area, I'm not um, in my zone, but I would say the first Nolan Batman film. Maybe it's because. Our uh, our sort of um, sort of 
level of acceptable quality has changed so much since then or or the the way we perceive like this is a good film and this is a stupid kitschy like what the fuck are you doing like okay i guess film have changed so much over the years yeah that like catwoman hell yes if i'm just judging on like how hot catwoman is (laughs) (laughs) yeah so my my wife she was catwoman one year for halloween and i was like you can't go outside like that. Like, that's, that's the best costume. <laughs> I was going to actually like, ask, yeah. I was going to Ella, have you ever cosplayed before? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. So my, my kind of general standbys, I call my, so I've, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret, okay? Can you keep a secret? Yes. Secret time. And, and the rest Just of the day. Your whole life. Millions of fans. I'm not actually 27. What? <laughs> you're lying. Get out of you're here. Lying. No, I don't believe you. You're actually 20. You're, you're actually 18. <laughs> no, no, that'd be God, crazy. No. I, I can't even identify with somebody 18. Because <laughs> my daughter's 17. Fuck. <laughs> oh. um, so, as I started, so back in like my early 20s, I moved to LA when I was 20, like, I don't know, barely, maybe 23. 22 or 23 no 23 and so my first comic con i was like 24 and like in the early when i was like in my early 20s i was like just so much more like gregarious and just like yeah i'm gonna like dress up and do all these things and i just want to meet all the people and i just want to talk to everyone i just want like i just want to be like super relatable and i just like super want people to like me because i love everyone and now i'm just mm-hmm. like i'm doing what i call cosplay which is where <laughs> it's like I'm wearing something comfortable that's reminiscent of a character and then accessorizing <laughs> smartly. Nice. Um, so over the years, okay, Luna Lovegood has been a standby. I have sort of like a comfortable Luna Lovegood. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Harry Potter. I also have like a latex Luna Lovegood cosplay for like oh. golf clubs back when those existed before wow. COVID. Um, I did a real good, um, actually, Wyatt from um, fucking Westworld. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then when I was like a teenager, I did um, shit. Now that it's coming to me, I haven't even thought about cosplay in so long because I've been buried in a COVID hole. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just generally, I would just like find a cool blonde character and, and go with it. Um, what else have I done? Um, well, I just kind of jump in real quick. I know, like, you did a, a, bring it back to porn, but I know you did a porn parody of Adventure Time, right? Oh, yeah, Princess. Yeah, you did Princess Bubblegum? Yeah, so I did that for a parody. Yeah. Um, I, like, I started trying to put together the costume for a Comic-Con, and I just, like, like, I know myself, and I know Comic-Con. It's hot. It's in the middle of summer. I'm not going to wear a wig, and I'm not going to wear that level of makeup. Yeah. At AVN... Like, I maybe the following year, I talked to Leroy Myers, who is the head of Wood Rocket, who creates these awesome parodies. And I was like, yeah, you know, I was trying to put together this, like, Comic-Con thing for it, and I just never did it. He was like, really? You don't, if you ever want to borrow any of your costumes from the movies you've done, you can always borrow them for Comic-Con. I'd, I'd be happy to lend them to you. And I was like, oh, that's cool. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take my skin pink, and I'm not going to fucking, like, yeah. I'm either too tired from driving or definitely hungover to do that one, but that was, it was very sweet. 
Um, oh, I did Emma Frost. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Very good. I can see the Emma Frost. Yeah. Um, I didn't do it very well because I did it when I was much younger and, like, not great at cosplay, but yeah. I connected. Um, you can do a suit in Storm, too. I can see you being her. I I feel like I did... I always I always bring at least three. I don't remember what the other one was. Oh, I I've I've always wanted. I've aspired to be like a like a sort of gender bending uh, link from mm -hmm. some. Oh, I've, I've seen a couple of those at comic uh, a bunch of cons. Yeah, you could definitely yeah. do it with the ears. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just have never gotten around to it. I just I'll do my my Luna and I'll do my um, Dolores Wyatt and then I do my I am so fucking exhausted and dehydrated and hungover so i'm wearing a dress a dress deal with it, <laughs> deal on it. You, you figure it out who i am yeah so do you guys cosplay no i do i not. play a black man oh come on you pull it off so well yeah <laughs> i mean I've, I've never gone to a, a con and and cosplay like i've taken a bunch of pictures of people but like Actually, I for Halloween I dressed up as um, Thomas Wayne version of Batman. So it's the bat. It's it's a flashpoint version of Batman where where Bruce Wayne dies, but his parents live, and his dad becomes Batman, and his mom becomes a Joker. Fucking totally awesome story. Read the comic. But um, yeah, I went to I went to um, I went to a, at a Rocky Horror Picture Show dressed as Thomas Wayne Batman and there was literally only one person who knew who the hell I was but he wanted to take pictures like he took pictures of me he's like oh man that's so cool like how did you even think of that and basically I took an old Batman costume I had before and put like the Thomas Wayne Batman logo on there and started carrying guns and that was like the difference between what the costume was versus what I dressed as for this event but I mean, you guys saw like it's, I went to uh had the Halloween party where I wore that costume and uh, the yeah. sweetness was the yeah. Joker. Well, that was Halloween, though. So I don't, I, I don't know if, I guess, do we consider Halloween cosplay? This, Halloween? No, no, this is a really, really good point that I would like to explore because I'm unsure of it. When it comes to Halloween, um, is wearing cosplay a fair Halloween costume? Or is that just like, okay, but you're still just in cosplay? Or <laughs> is a Halloween costume cosplay? Yeah, that's, <clears throat> yeah, that was... That's what I'm considering too, because I'm like, have I ever cosplayed? It's what I'm, I'm remembering back. So you were, a very long you were time really ago. Black mask. Yeah, you, yeah, that was for Halloween. I was I was black mask for, and you were Batman, Thomas Wayne. Um, and then way back, way before that is, um, this is for like, I think it was Halloween, or maybe my birthday. Or I think it was my oldest daughter's birthday when she was like a kid. Oh yeah, it was her birthday. <laughs> yeah, and she was uh, she was Sasuke, and I was Kakashi. Yeah, so that that was fun. I guess that would be considered cosplay because it was outside of Halloween. Um, but yeah, I, I did a Kakashi, but I, I don't I don't go to cons and cosplay because I try to. Uh, I've never paid for a con. <laughs> I've gone as press, so I, I try not to do cosplay at, at cons to to seem I guess a little bit more professional. Even though I guess I don't need to because we we did a bunch of events with a bunch of other you know celebrities with other. Um, media folks and the other media folks have cosplayed while doing interviews. So maybe I should reconsider, I guess, but I, I try to be professional, semi-professional anyway, when I interview celebrities. So 
I think you should do whatever makes you feel comfortable. Um, I also... So I'm going to go naked from now on. Thank you, Ella. <laughs> 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 I'm comfortable and there's also being illegal. <laughs> I should maybe watch what I say, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't think... I, I know I have certainly, I must have at one point paid for a con, but I, I don't know, somewhere, when I first started going to cons in LA, um, I didn't have to pay for them, um, because of, uh, the circumstances of the relationship that I was in, and then I didn't have to pay for them because I had enough of, like, professional credentials that they thought were valid to just let me go, and now it's like, if I had to pay to go to a con, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah the face you're making is like the face I make. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, that. That's a that's a really shitty douchey elitist perspective to take, and I. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. I might I might approach it very differently. Uh, well, but I also like I go as Ella Darling, and Ella Darling's like, whoever the fuck she is. Well, so <laughs> let me let me pause. Hold on, hold on, real quick. Okay. So the interesting thing is the way that uh, all of us, or most of us, at least me and Elle have met, was through SVVR. So SVVR, uh, the tickets cost a shitload of money. Ella can tell you this. They're very expensive. I went as press, and she went as uh, you were a presenter. You did a, a panel. So Was it considered a panel? What you did for SVVR? Um, I don't remember when, I don't remember which one, my first time at SVVR, they let me do a panel. SVVR was the first VR conference that I went to that, um, that actually wanted me to speak about the work that I was doing and, and like respected me enough to give me the space to talk about my work without like, I don't know. I mean, it was the first time I spoke about my work in a VR space. It was an adult VR, you know, producer, they were the first convention that recognized that the work that I was doing was relevant and important and didn't treat me like I was, you know, like someone who needed to be, like, handled. They they yeah. treated me like someone who was doing important work in this space in a vertical that was not represented. And I will always love the, the creators of VR for that. Um, Actually, yeah. on our, actually, I still, I, I believe on our YouTube channel, hopefully you don't ban it from us having it since it's you, but <laughs> actually I have, we did, I did a coverage of your, the panel you did, because I actually sent you the link, because I know yeah. you wanted to share it with your, your mom or whatever, but um, yeah, it was definitely SVVR, and like, you had a packed room, like, you know, the whole topic that you were covering was like, like amazing how like how much of an impact VR can have on the the porn industry, and it was funny because like usually whenever we go to like San, San Jose Convention Center, there's a little bar called Tranquil Trank. that will go Trank. there. Trank, yeah, Trank yeah. or Tank? Is it Trank or Tank? Tank or Trank? I think yeah. it's Tank. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go there and have a drink, and I remember you. Uh, I think it was Five Star, and oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, you were there with somebody else, and like I saw you there, and I'm like, oh, dude, I, I gotta go talk to her and tell her how cool her panel was. And like, I went over and chatted with you, and you were super, super, super cool. And I told you, like, we do a podcast. And you like came over, and we started talking, and we just did kind of a prompt-to podcast, and like, we just talked about the industry and King VR and this and that. And it was just so much fun. 
And ever since then, like, you know, every time we see you, it's like, oh, shit, it's Ella. Like, let's go say hi and blah, blah. And you give the most amazing hugs. <laughs> I know we talk about all the time. <laughs> the best hugs. <laughs> Oh yeah, speaking of it, I gotta I gotta kind of call you out a little bit because you keep saying that you're kind of introverted, but I pointed out that your hugs seem to to, to suggest the complete opposite. They're I'm, not introverted hugs. On the contrary, um, <laughs> when when you feel super spent from like general social interaction and like all of that, I feel like. A really solid one-to-one hug can be really sort of refueling because it's like if you really are just having a nice, you know, just a nice hug, just hugging it out, just like, hey, I'm fucking exhausted from this world that I'm in and from this space that we're in, and maybe you are too. We're just going to connect in this very platonic, very, like, friendly way and recharge for just a little moment because in this moment, we're just buds. We're just friends. Maybe we're new friends. Maybe we're old friends. Maybe we're potential friends. But in this moment, we can kind of just melt away from all of the fucking crazy shit around us and just have a nice hug. Mm-hmm. That's that's what a hug is to me. Um, okay. And I would so you... love to share a hug with you sometime, my dear. Um, I mean, do you guys, do you guys think the world would in if um, Ella was a hug, Grace? Oh, Wait, yeah, Grace. No, it's a, a personal friend of ours. <laughs> Our friend hates hugs. But, um, yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up, Ella. So, like, literally the first time, like, we hugged, like, it gave you, like, I was giving you, like, the basic bullshit hug. And then I was like, oh, this is, like, a real hug. And it was just like... Yeah. <laughs> like See? What the fuck? See? Yeah. So she so, she yeah. literally drained our life force. That's fine. <laughs> I can give you life force anytime. There you go. Yeah. So she, she's like a hug vampire. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. She's twenty-seven for like the the fifteenth hundred time. <laughs> sure. See, I, I I can't say that I, if I said the best hug ever, my toddler would get fucking angry because when we <gasps> hug, we say the best hug ever. I don't so, want any trouble. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're pretty high up there. That would be like kill yeah. That's amazing. That's but really, like when you came up to like I, at that conference, that was um. That was a, a very, um, you know, just a nerve-wracking experience to me. And to, to hear the, the, you know, the dumb shit that I said was, I don't know, resonated with people and, like, it was cool. Like, I I don't know if I ever got the chance to tell you, but, like, it really meant a lot to me that you guys, like, liked what I had to say and, you know, were interested in, in hearing what I had to say and not just, you know, as sort of a, uh, you know, oh, it's a porn star who thinks yeah. she's people. Uh, <laughs> oh, holy shit no no no, no. So what I was uh, thinking yeah, like no. literally I'm, I'm watching People, you God. I'm watching you you know uh, speak and I'm like you you humanized porn for me at least thank you it's like you know I, I was like this is this is a person and it's really cool to like not only is she just a person but she's giving her thoughts on like this totally new technology she's very intelligent this is cool as fuck and i was like i'm sitting there contemplating while I'm, like after the panel like literally what your panel or not your panel just you basically gave it like a fucking ted talk basically a ted talk and so i'm sitting there giving it you know drinking and i'm just like man what you said was like really cool like this tech and like porn thing and like being intimate with people like it's really cool and then i was like holy shit she's right there 
<laughs> and then Blue was like, like we were talking for a minute, and Blue was like, I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna fucking go talk to her. I was like, maybe we shouldn't. He's <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna fucking do it. And I was like, all right, man, I guess we're doing. I guess you're gonna do this now. And then, yeah, it was, it was cool as fuck. Like, it was really, it was a really interesting way to, to meet somebody. So, or yeah. to meet you, really. Yeah, it's always been great. Like I said early in the podcast, actually, there was actually a another podcast that you're on. Uh, I don't know the name, but they literally said that you seem to always be on the bleeding edge of VR technology. Like anything that is new and innovative, you seem to be right up there in the mix, right on, on top of it. So it's always interesting to me how you always seem to manage to get there to like the front of the line and present it to so many people. And like, I'm always like amazed that uh, how you just get this new cutting edge technology and you're able to like either get to it first or be with the group that it's out there that's getting their hands on it first. It's always, I'm always like fascinated by that. That is really, really nice. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys. So if you're, if you're in the chat right now, I actually posted a link to her actual um, presentation she, she did at SVDR. Oh. You can definitely go off and check that out. And what's, what's kind of cool is that it was posted on my birthday. So I think the event, and I think the event happened a day before my birthday, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Wow, it's actually got it's got twenty nine thousand views. So for, oh damn, yeah, it's yeah. a lot for us. Um, and it's funny because yeah, like every month or every week, I see that it's in like the, our top viewed videos. So yeah, wow, thank you. That's really <laughs> cool, thank you, thank you for something. That's I don't know. And, it, and it's more than our reacts, which is weird because like reacts usually get like a shitload of fucking views and we get like nothing from it. But for this, <laughs> like, to get something that was, like, substantive, especially for this podcast, um, is significant for, for us. So, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for coming and being on with us. We really, really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's really sure. shooting shit. Actually, I think you are the, you are now the most, you've been on our podcast more than any other celebrities we've had this is like your probably your third third, time third yeah it's probably your third time with us yeah. all right um do you guys need to stop calling me a celebrity because every every time you say that i just like <laughs> <laughs> no really i'm just like a fucking dork and uh embarrassingly messy but i'm so glad this is in 360 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really sweet of you to, to say that, to call, to call me that. Um, I don't know. Um, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for, thank you for wanting to spend this time with me. It, oh. It's been really cool. It's always really cool. It means a lot. And it's always an open invitation. Anytime you want to come on and uh, either just shoot the shit or you know promote yeah, your product, let us know what you. Yeah, and I realize like you're working on something or whatever. Just yeah, yeah. Let this, us know. This might seem like we're ending the podcast, but we don't need to end the podcast. We want to talk about something else. Um, it was just we we're just kind of giving you love. Um, yeah, anytime you want to talk about anything, you're always welcome to come back. There's there's a couple. I think you're in the top three people. I won't call you a celebrity, Ella. I guess anymore. I know. Please, darling, please. My, my. At this point, my ego just needs it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Celebrity Ella, um, you're like one of the top three people that we would always love to have come back. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. If, if not number one, because you're very accessible to us. <laughs> <laughs>
what the fuck else am I doing except for working? I need a fucking break from work, and this is a nice way to do that. I, I get to put on makeup. It's like you make me feel so cosmopolitan. I put on makeup too. Did you notice? Oh. <laughs> he said he's wearing makeup too. Actually, we all are. I put some new base on. You see, see this here? Yeah. Not me. My, my beauty is natural. Oh, this guy. Not that way, of course. Oh, this guy. Yeah, I will. I will say on like a on a like a side note because like having to wear a mask so much, it's like especially like from a guy point of view, it's like you really have to like take care of your skin care. Way much more than like a, a normal like guy. Not, not to be all macho, and be like oh my, my skin, whatever. But it's like especially when you're wearing a mask for like hours and stuff like that. It's like as soon as I take it off, it's like all right, I need to exfoliate. I need to clean my face and everything. And it's like I, I, it just drives me nuts. I think one day I, I forgot to like really scrub my face, and I could feel like right between like my nose and like my lip, like a, a pimple trying to grow. And I was like, God damn you, science and fucking mask and shit like that. <laughs> It's just something that, yeah, it's just like something that's like because of the craziness. It's like now I, I have a new understanding for for skincare and, and what what females have to go through in terms of like making sure that their skin stays nice and healthy. This is eventually a podcast, so it's an audio medium, but we're all in video right now. So I'm just going to show you. This is something I've used for fucking years. It's not like some big like you know. Uh, skincare thing that everybody is super excited about but it's this um turmeric oh, cream turmeric, from india okay. no, no, turmeric skin cream um it's an ayurvedic medicine but turmeric is oh, it's um it is anti-inflammatory and um it's something that i use anytime i feel like there's some acne popping up it, it comes in a little orange tube with a little yellow lid um, and it's like this really, it's it's almost sort of like a opalescent yellow cream. It looks like, like some shit you'll get from Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's not something that you would be like, oh yeah, that that looks like something I'm going to buy for $100 in Sephora. Because it's, not, it's like kind of on like Amazon. Um, but this shit, like anytime I feel like, especially the, the mask acne or cystic, like anytime I feel something coming in, I, I don't know if it's the anti-inflammatory of the, the turmeric or it also has sandalwood. Yeah, I don't turmeric know. Turmeric helps a lot. <laughs> I, could tell, I could not tell you why it works or even if it actually works. Maybe I'm just, maybe I, it's a sample size. Equal. You know? Yeah. But holy shit. It, it, it so, is made. So I, not, I literally keep it on a little tray on my bed now that I'm wearing a mask all the time because it. I've noticed it makes a difference. So, so I don't know. Maybe it's It'll help you. Maybe not. Maybe. These are are the times that we're in right now. I mean, this might be the first time I think in our uh, like five year run as a podcast we we shared makeup uh, tips with other members. There you go. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we've gotten to this point where you feel comfortable talking about this stuff because everybody has skin, so everybody needs to care for their skin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, well no, enough, I got a beauty blender I use a lot, guys, and I just, I just feel like it's going to be it's magical. I don't know. <laughs> I have on. no idea what you just said. Real quick, so you, have a, bl- you have a blender? I'm like to a ask blender? Her a question. <laughs> hold on, Ella, how'd you hear about that? Because that's like an Indian uh, thing. What you talking? Well, let's say India. I'm from India. So. No, it is. It's a, an Ayurvedic medicine from, or an Ayurvedic cream from India. Um, I don't remember how I originally heard about it. Um, I've been using it for. Like 
so many years now, I don't even remember how I came across it, but, um, yeah, I don't know, I, I like it, I'm into it, I, I've bought, I've bought so many tubes of it, I, if I looked at Amazon, it would probably sell me like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you bought this with, like, I, I don't know, I was gonna try to, like, age myself with it, but I don't even remember what I would have bought with it, what would have been trendy, like, eight years ago. Yeah, you're only 27, how- so, you know, eight years ago, I, it was like, you were so, you'd be so young. Um, but yeah it's cool Um, but yeah like hey everyone has skin it's okay to want to take care of your skin it's okay to want to look nice it's okay to want to you know boost your confidence if you you know want to throw in a little makeup or whatever like it doesn't makeup has no gender skincare has no gender wanting to take care of yourself extends to all parts of your body and your skin is a pretty important organ so it's the largest organ in your body There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't. except for me, if I had a dick, which I don't. But if I <laughs> oh, can't be picking up chicks looking like all pizza face and everything like that, so it's, it's important. Yeah. Watch blue. Oh, there you go. That was the. That Blue's might have been right. the greatest dick joke ever on this podcast. Thank you, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I funny. Yeah, yeah, you missed the dick you joke. You're gonna have to re. You're gonna have to watch the replay. That was a great dick oh, joke. Man. <laughs> the sweetest came home, so I went to go say hi to her real quick. Okay. Oh, oh, of course. Amazing. Oh. All right. So, is there anything else? Yeah. I think. Uh, I think there's any other questions in the. Uh, in the chat so there's a statement in the chat but i don't know if it's a question or not i don't i don't know if you can see it cronus it's from matt from pre-recorded live wait so my ex-brother-in-law oh jesus christ okay i have to read i've been drinking okay so ella try to uh try to stay along with me if you don't understand to just call it out this is from my friend matt who uh who's a cancer survivor who i went to actually go see in ohio a few years back. He's a so his, after as well. His question is, so my ex-brother-in-law and lifelong friend is dating a girl who did porn for a while, and I am super nervous about accidentally calling her by her stage name when I eventually meet her face-to-face. Is that like a legit concern? Would you be any... Uh, uh, I, I so, can kind of speak on this a little bit, because uh, I actually have... Star? Wait, two people. Are you a porn star? Or, yeah. No, I know two. <laughs> no, I know. Old oh, Ninja, I know, let, hold on, Old Ninja. I know. Let, I know, let yeah. Ella answer first, not you. No, no. Okay. I don't know what he has to say. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I know two. I know two other ladies that have been in the quote-unquote industry. One of them I've known since she was sixteen, and so I knew her as her like birth name. And then when she got into the industry, she did some work. Now that she got out, now I didn't know how to refer to her because I've known her for so long. And she's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. You can call me either one. I'll respond to both. I'm like, oh, okay. And then the other lady, like, I've I've hung out with her, like, a couple times. We're not, like, super close, but we're, like, friendly, I guess. But she responds to both her stage name and both her given name. So there you go. That is a really good perspective um, because you knew them in both contexts. If this person is meeting, you said it's a, what, a, a sibling's partner? Is yeah. that yes. a scenario? Yes. 
Okay. Um, if you're meeting them as the partner of your sibling and not as a performer, erase the name from your mind. Erase their content from your computer, your phone, all of your hard drives. They no longer are an adult film performer for you. They are now your sibling's partner. And if you would, like, if you would have erotic videos of any of your sibling's previous partners on your computer, you shouldn't. But, but at least, at least as long as they are your, you like in your life as someone's partner or whatever, like they are not your fat material anymore. Find <laughs> because they are now a human that is not a product, and that material is a product that they made to entertain. You are no longer their their fan or their audience. You are now a real person in their life. Um, erase the the performer name whatever they introduce themselves as just like anybody else no matter what the situation is if someone's name is you know some really big formal long name and like if they're i don't know wilhelm but they're like hey i'm bill you call them bill like you don't always call them wilhelm you i don't know that's a dumb example but like you call them by the name they introduce themselves as and that's their name you don't think of them in the context as the the content that you've seen of them because they're not their content, they're a person. And you talk to them as the person that they are, and the person that they are is the name that they give you. And if, you've, if you're concerned you might slip up, then just default to pronouns or, or like generics, like, hey, oh, hey, hon, hey... I don't know, like, whatever works for you, whatever the, con like, I'm, I'm Southern, so, hey, hon, hey, love, hey, Chuck, hey, whatever, hey, darling, um, if, and that's if I forget someone's name, but, but <laughs> not call them by their performer name, because they're not performing, they're not that person, that's, and, and you are in such a cool position to get to know them as a person, like, uh, the whole world gets to know them as the performer. That's that like there's everybody gets to know that. You are in a position to meet this person as the person who your sibling is connecting with and, and treat that as the very special, cool, you know, experience that it is. Like that's awesome. You get to know her as who she is or who he is. I, I think it was female. Yeah, female, yeah. Um so I'm actually <laughs> Hold what? on, I'm super glad that you brought that up because I actually want to bring this up, but I didn't know how to bring this up on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Is because um, I met you, <laughs> and you put it. This is these are in your words, and this is something I thought too. I, I met you as like a like a person, not to say that you know performers are not people, but I met you as a person. So I've never looked up your point at all because I knew I know you as you, you know, and I thought it'd be like really weird to like see you in that in that aspect and I'm glad that you put in that I, like, I feel better that you said it in those terms because yeah I think it would be weird if like I saw somebody doing those things as, as like somebody that I that I, like knew you know so yeah so that that context is specifically for like like if, if it's your if it's your sibling's partner that that's tantamount to family when it comes to my friends, like, if my friends watch my porn, that's okay. I don't need to hear about it. Okay. I don't need to talk about it. 
I especially don't need to hear your reviews or how you felt about it or about your day. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's where I get weird. Yeah, that's why I was just like not yeah. even trying to like get into that any any anywhere near that fucking realm. You know. Yeah, like for me, it's like okay, anybody who's like like anything even tertiary to like a family situation, you don't need to be fucking seeing it. You don't need to look at it. That's like it, it may be public content. But it's not for you, and not everything in the public is meant for you. And I think that's something that people need to accept, that not everything is for you. Even if it's out in the open, it doesn't mean you need to, to consume it or see it or, or engage with it. And especially if you're engaging with it on a general like public level, because your relationship with me is not a public relationship. It's not a fan relationship. Yeah. You are, you know... Um, I, I honestly do feel differently about like friends like and and maybe that's because a lot of the work I've done a lot of the a lot of my very closest friends are people I've worked with so it's like oh yeah you're my friend oh you've seen it okay as long as it is there and even even then like if you're not in the industry I don't need to know and it doesn't need to be part of our discussion and it doesn't need to be part of our like you can have your private moments because those are your private moments I'm not part of, I'm not privy to that. And I don't need to be, and please don't ever make me be privy to that. Um, but like, you know, my, my closest female friend is someone I've done scenes with. When we hang out, we're not ever talking about that because that was work and we're talking about our friendship, you know? So it's like, it, okay, how about this? Um, let's say you're, um, let's say you're friends with someone who like, works at Domino's, you're not going to make your conversations with them be about this pizza they made. And you're not going to be like, yeah, that pizza you made, that Domino's pizza you made, that like anyone in like the world can enjoy this pizza from this franchise because it's like so everywhere that everybody has had some kind of pizza. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, that pizza you made was amazing because like, yeah, I sold a Domino's pizza. Like I didn't, yeah, I just made pizza. Like just talk to me like a person and if I haven't told you what I do we're not going to talk about it I've, I've had some very uncomfortable situations where like cool you know I don't care that you know I never wanted to have this conversation and I never want to have this conversation again and do not ever bring this up again because like that's not what we're talking about. That's never relevant to any discussion we're ever going to have. Yeah, that that's what I was concerned about. And that's where I was like, that's why I was like, I, I don't want to look up any of your stuff because I just know you as a, to me, you're just a cool ass fucking person. Like no matter what you do and yeah. I don't want it to get ever weird or uncomfortable talking about shit like that. That's, that's me personally. So obviously mm -hmm. I, I watch porn, I'm a fucking adult, but it's just like, I just, I know you as you. <laughs> so... And the fact that it, it's something that would be weird for you, then yeah, absolutely don't look it up. But I like I know I have friends who have seen it, but they're my friends, and they never make it something that I have to like. They never make it a topic of conversation. They never center a conversation yeah. around their experience with my work. Okay. Because yeah. like, I already did it. I, it's not like it residuals. Like I don't, I don't care. I don't care about how anyone really reacts to it or feels about it like if you like it cool i'm glad you liked it if i don't know you if i know you like why don't you just tell me like there's so much other stuff we could talk about like yeah 
how are you doing? What have you been up to yeah. lately? Like, ask me questions about ask me questions about things that like consumers of my porn don't have access to. Like, I don't know, um, this baller ass fucking sandwich I made the other night. It was so good. <laughs> I really I'm so what, much more. What, well, that, that's why I was, I was trying to transition away from, like, porn earlier. Because I was just like, you're more than just porn. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. yeah. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be offended if you were... Or if any of you guys have seen my content. Like, I, I didn't make it to be super secret. Like, that's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. It's a bone yeah. donut ring. I'm not going to be yeah. like, oh, my God, what? You, how dare... Like, <laughs> unless your family are connected with family. In which case, like... It's a different ball game. Yeah. Like, yeah. family is different. Well, I was going to one cool thing about Ella, her extreme geekiness is the tattoo that you have on your back of the Harry Potter, was it, Dewey system? Is that what it's right? It's the Dewey Dust one of her. Yeah, I, um, I have some uh, troubling, conflicting feelings about J.K. Rowling these days. Well, but, oh, yeah, yeah. her... Yeah, her translator. At the same time, like, Melville Dewey, also not a great person. Yeah. Oh, you gotta get covered up? He... I've already popped off once. He's just not great. But the Dewey (laughs) Decimal System is uh, very, um, you know, it's very important in librarianship. I will show you. Um, and, And I got it because I got it to celebrate getting my master's degree when I was 21. And I'm not... I don't regret it. Nice. Can you use it? It's awesome. Yeah, we can see. Yeah, uh, so cool. And the rainbow. <laughs> Big Texas back there too. Yeah. Houston, so, Texas baby. As a as a obvious Harry Potter fan, I guess do do you want to I guess give your opinion on or I guess you personally as a as a fan on the J.K. Rowling's stuff she Again. stepped in. Um. I'm disappointed because <laughs> everything she constructed, everything that we came together on as a community, and like the reason I don't feel like super detached from it is that it's not fucking about her. Just like liking the books isn't about the movies or the the movie stars. It's about the community, and the community is amazing. And the community grew around this idea that like nobody should ever have to live in a closet, and Nobody should have to suffer under tyranny and um, everything that she's been about lately has just been like, yeah, sorry you ruined everything you created for people who really believed in you because the people who really are hurt right now really believed in you. Also, I got a two part question before I forget. Um, One, you talked about a bomb ass sandwich. I need to know what the sandwich was. You were, you were just pulling that out your ass, or if it was a legit sandwich. And also, are you a crunchy peanut butter girl, or are you creamy? Oh, uh, here we go. Um, you know what? I like somewhere along the way, peanut butter just lost me. Like, I just don't really enjoy peanut butter anymore. Um, I don't know why. Well, uh, what about the jelly? No, I do know. Like a grape or strawberry jelly? Um. I like a fancy strawberry jelly, but I'm really more into sort of like a like a more like blueberry or or you know something. Blueberry. Oh. Yeah. yeah, something. Pinky out. 
Nancy kind of shit. Okay, so this under- now I need to let you know a few things. Like I don't really, I'm not like gluten free. I'm not like uh, it's not anything like that. I just don't generally keep bread. I don't have bread. Um, I just don't eat bread, not for health reasons, just because I don't. I guess I get it. I'm usually but, I'm usually keto, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not a health or diet thing. It's just like I don't know. It's just not something I generally around but i do keep like a loaf of sourdough frozen in my freezer that i bought in early covid times because i was like what what are we gonna, what's what are we gonna run out of i need <laughs> I, uh, something whatever so like i've been slowly making french toast um i like okay so i, I like i have dinner and then i have like second dinner because i need to <laughs> oh, hold on. are you a hobbit <laughs> I, yeah, I'm so winning to Hobbit. Like, <laughs> just high level. Like, I need to really keep uh, keep a close eye on like my caloric intake. Um, and so I've been sort of eating like a little extra thing at night because I, I need to I need to make sure that I'm eating enough. I need to make sure that like I'm like getting enough calories and like you know sustaining my body the way the bodies work. So, like, I've been doing, like, French toast for a while, but I ran out of eggs. And so I've been like, sort of fantasizing about the sandwich because I don't eat sandwiches, really. And I was like, I would really like to have the sandwich. So, what I, okay, sourdough slice, I cut it in half. On one side, I spread, like, a big layer of cream cheese, and I sprinkled herbs de Provence. On the other side, I uh, spread, like, a thick layer of, like, garlic uh, like the garlic spread that you can get from Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. And then I throw in like a bunch of like shredded ham. And then on the outside, I had like mayo and some herbs of Provence and some Parmesan. And then I cooked it in the pan with butter. And it was just this like really like, nice. I don't know. It was really good. I'm not a sandwich person. It's probably super basic and like dumb, but holy shit. Like, <laughs> oh, no. My entire fucking life. And I'm that was still, fancy. I tweeted about it. <laughs> <laughs> wave about it like i've still like the way that you like when you meet someone and it's like you develop that first crush and you're just thinking about <laughs> it, like that's me in the sandwich damn <laughs> i can't wait till you got it you have to you have to videotape you making this sandwich like i just i'm challenging you to make this sandwich put it on youtube because i, I want to see this sandwich get made and i guarantee you that shit will just blow up and go viral please yeah, make yeah. sandwiches <laughs> that will keep us entertained we need all the content we can get in covid times <laughs> just don't just don't put it on a paper plate oh, no, no, no. i have some plates all my plates are like skulls or dinosaurs or like medical like like anatomical hearts and brains and stuff like i'm, 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 I'm cool shit so yes. <laughs> that's funny because like I took my my oldest daughter. We went to some uh, I forgot where the fuck we went, but we bought like these organs that were like these uh, like they're almost like not teddy bears, but they're like fuzzy like organs, like real yeah, organs. Yeah, yeah. I think she bought like a kidney. I got a heart. Oh you know, like, yeah. Anatomical organs is just like it was it was kind of cool. Cause she loved them, and I love skulls too. So yeah, I got a bunch of them in the house. <laughs> I went, when I was in college, I made um, some little, like, like I'm not someone who sews, but I half-assed, stitched together some um, happy ovaries for my friend who had uh, nice. ovarian <laughs> Oh, wait, she had ovarian cancer? Well, that's not funny. I mean, that's... No, 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 not cancer, just cysts. 
Oh, she's, okay, okay. I think she's doing okay now. But, but no, just like, hey, your ovaries are mean assholes. Here are some nice ones. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of interesting because I went to when I went to Mexico City. They had like um, they had um, uh, what's the name of the artist with that one eyebrow? Um, oh, um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Something she was like, she was, uh, better. I need a better for crippled, but I'm drinking, so I'm, I'm yeah, thinking she, about crippled. So. She, she was portrayed by um, Frida. 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 Yeah, Frida. Frida. Yeah. Frida. So one one story that I learned is that Frida was um, asked to do a painting of a, of a woman who passed away that committed suicide, and family gave her all these details and stuff, and Frida literally drew a painting of this woman committing suicide. Like she drew the painting of the girl jumping from like the top of the building, and like she. Like it was almost like a cart, like a um, like a cartoon image of her like falling, and like she had like different stills of her falling, and then her hitting the ground. And it's like, wow, like what, like, wow, like why would you paint that? But it was like this is the woman's life, like this is her life experience, and this is the message that she had. I'm like, whoa, that shit's fucking deep. That was her choice. Yeah, yeah, she had a fucked up life because she got hit by a, I think it was a bus, right? Yeah, she got hit by a bus, yeah. and the, the tubing or something went through her over, like her stomach area, and like ruptured her ovary, ovaries. But then she also had like she grew up as a kid. She had um, she had something that caused one of her legs to be shorter than the other. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. I should have said disabled. I feel like an asshole now, not crippled. Sorry. <laughs> um. I need either 30 seconds or chocolate banana. Can I just run off for a sec? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. I've left a bunch of times to go use the bathroom, so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, y'all. So there's something on here that kind of pertains to her. And I don't know who put it on it. It's on our list. It's on the docket. But what's going on with this Joe Rogan and the gaming community thing? Was oh, this a recent thing? I put that on there. And we'll, we'll talk was about this it recent? Later. Yes, it was recent. It was like within the last week. So okay. So what 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 happened with this? What happened? Well, I'd, I'd like to have her on when we talk about it. But basically, okay. uh, Joe Rogan, the, the, this typical the typical media bullshit is that they they cut out what his whole statement, and he's basically saying how video games are a waste of time. Oh, okay. But, uh, who was his guest on the show? Uh, it was the guy from uh, the guy that started the Spartan races. That's sure. Yeah. Oh, like so, the actual, like, like, um, the actual, actual, actual party. It was Joe DeSena or DeSanta or something like that. But it was the guy that actually started this, this Spartan Race series and he's still the, the main creator. But they were talking about, like, video games. He was saying how, um, they're a waste of time. And it's like, they cut him off on just that, that it was a waste of time. But what he also broke down, I'll wait till Ella comes back, but, he broke down like a lot of the stuff. I, I want to get her, her thoughts on it too uh, as a break. Sure, but it's just like I, I think that definitely pertains to us, and I think she would definitely have some input on it since she's herself a gamer and is a game creator. Um, that would definitely be something she'd be able to have some pretty good input on. Yeah, what's the guy's name? Yeah. Joe Jody Cena. Joe DeCena, Yeah. So yeah, Ellie, you good? Okay. So if you want to, you can always tap out at any time. 
We're gonna we're gonna bring up another <laughs> topic. Oh wait, hold on. What you got? What do you got oh, there? Yeah. Oh, she needed booze. Oh. So hypnotic. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And they still make that? Toilet. Because Pocky was kind of super hungry and I've been like super thirsty because I finished all of my water. So. Hold on. Is, well, is, is your you need, is if your you have a desire to make your sandwich live on the podcast, I need to restock on some ingredients, but I would be down to make the most boring content you guys have ever put out if that's what you're interested in. It's. It's COVID time, it's like, I mean, I see videos of, like, Brie Larson just doing, like, regular random shit, and, like, I'm, I'm here for it, because it's, like, yeah, we see all these celebrities doing all this, like, oh, I'm walking the red carpet and stuff, like, I'm more interested in watching, and I'm sorry to, to call you a celebrity, I know I'm just teasing, but uh, I'm more you interested in just seeing how me. people are just... I, I'm just interested in seeing people just do regular ass shit, like just make boring ass sandwiches. Like it's just yeah. like we're all in the same shitty boat. So let's just see what's going on in Beverly Hills doing random shitty boring shit. So it's just whatever. You yeah. Oh. Me, here's my meal prep. You open the bottle. You. Put the <laughs> there you go. And then, oh damn. Oh, so it's sort of. Is, is that made from people? Yeah. <laughs> the only hope. <laughs> Damn. That's a good nerd. You should, what is it called? Um, what is the Japanese thing called when they, they film themselves eating food? Like, not, it's not Bukashi. What the fuck? Being on this podcast makes me understand why I would fail at Jeopardy because I know all the answers to these things, but <laughs> I lose it. Hold um, on. <laughs> Technically, what Blue said was correct. They are eating people. If you're doing bukkake, if you're swallowing, I mean, you're eating. Yeah, yeah. Horses of people. Oh my! I was saying anyway. Oh, it's not shugageki, is it? Or is it something else? Oh, it's called uh, it's called mukbang. Oh, mukbang. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, we have a question for Ella. Yes. Uh, and it is in the MCU. Steve Rogers, Captain America's. Ass. Who do you think has America's ass in real life? What is your favorite Don't American blue. ass? Don't say blue. Don't say blue. Don't say blue. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not... Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, Blue? <laughs> no. uh, I didn't see it. I'm so glad I wasn't looking. No, I wasn't looking either. Was super... I wasn't looking. I didn't see anything. Oh, super interesting that that was a response from someone who was so put off when I mentioned the MCU earlier. Oh, oh, oh look at her sipping the tea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, there you go. So, uh, Matt, you'll have no answer. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm. my touchstone for Stephen Rogers is super fucking basic, like just the movies. I, I was never really into Captain America. And my answer for that would only disappoint you because I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to, no matter what I say, it's not going to be exciting. So whatever you think it is, darling, that's the real one. No, no, so Ella, <laughs> let, let, let's expand this a little bit. What is your favorite ass in America? See, give me my Did mind. I stand up again? Oh. question. <laughs> All right. 
Darling, your ass is great. Thank you. Finally, Matt, Matt, you're, <laughs> Matt or Blue, that's two, your ass is great. two people. two people who think that. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm happy to validate you in any way that you need, and I mean it for real. Mm -hmm. plus. All right, that silenced us for a minute. Um, but someone <laughs> else was saying something before Matt's question. Oh, wait, no, that. shit, that was Warrior Fellows' question. That wasn't even Matt's question. No, yeah, it was, it yeah, was Warrior Fellows' question. It was Warrior Fellows' question. And then he was asking, Matt was asking about dump stats, but I didn't know what the fuck that was. Life, wait, what He said, what are your life dump stats? And I was like, define dumps. And he said, yeah, like, 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 for example, sharks is one of mine. I need no experience with sharks. Hmm. I still don't understand, Matt. Yeah. A dump stat? I don't. I'm, is that okay. something that, like, if you run into something right. you drop with your doing, that, you run the opposite way? It's apparently invalid. He said his question is dumb. So let's just forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I didn't All understand right, his question. On. I would. I'm sorry, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know what? What we ask the question? If you're curious, there's nothing wrong with being curious. Yeah, sure. If I'm not familiar, it doesn't mean it's a dumb question. I just wanted to understand what he was talking about. Oh, dump set and role playing. Okay, oh, okay, okay. Oh, there Wait, you go. Hold on, Ella. Do you play D and D? Yeah, I mean, I haven't in, in like a year or so because um, the okay. So the, the group I used to play with, we would play every Sunday. Yeah. Okay. But when I started doing a broadcast every night at like six p.m., I like. We would meet up at 2, but we'd really start rolling at, like, 3, 3.30. And so if I had to be home by, like, 6, I, just, I couldn't really participate in the campaign. But I have been playing D&D intermittently for... Uh, okay, I'm not going to do the math to pretend that I'm still 27 years old. Um, for, <laughs> but you are. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> 22 years? Wow. Um, intermittently. But, but yeah, um, yeah. My sister-in-law just got into to D and D, and I'm I was I was shocked when I found that out because she was like, not she doesn't seem like the type that would be into something like that. But with the whole quarantine and place thing, like it's like her friends are like, hey, let's try this out, and they're like, okay, let's try it out, and then all of a sudden they just became like they do whatever like they're probably playing right now every Wednesday night they play D and D together. I'm like. Hey, yeah. I love that. I love that, you know, D&D has really become, or just sort of general, like, tabletop RPGs have become uh, so much more mainstream and so much more accessible to people. And I know that there are some nerds who are like, oh, my God, I can't believe everyone, like, they don't even get it. Like, do they even know what, you know, what, what a thaco is? Or thaco <laughs> is? It's like, just be happy that people are doing something that makes them happy and that you can relate to them with. Like, yeah. It, it, we don't need to gatekeep fucking everything in the world, especially mm -hmm. something that like you've personally felt persecuted for enjoying. Like I get it. Like it, it can be it can be troublesome when like this thing that you've been really into and people were mean to you because you were into it is not something that the people who you view as being the original like quote unquote like I don't know oppressors or, or mean people like just it's something that's brought you joy. How like. It's something that's brought me joy for a long time. I started playing with my siblings and their friends when I was, like, in middle school, I think, or early high school. And, like, I didn't get it. I was probably super annoying. I was definitely super annoying. 
I mean, I started playing <laughs> Like, did you guys ever play MUDs or MUDs online? Oh, MUDs? Yeah, MUDs. Not, no. not like too, not fully, but I knew what they were. I was like, why the fuck do I know? I used to fucking own an RSC channel. I don't know what MUDs are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was like, I mean, it was basically like within the D&D realm, but it was okay, like D&D. a text-based mm-hmm. RPG that you play online with people, and it was like, uh, it would, it, black background, green text. Oh, I used to play like played. Wizards and Fuck. Yeah. Wizards and Fuck? No, 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 no. Wizards and Goblins? No. Oh, no, um, I know you're talking about. Somebody Wizards. please nerd out with me. It's Wizards and something. Uh, anyway, Ella, go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah, like that was, I mean, that was my first touchstone for that realm. And that was, you know, I wasn't rolling dice or anything. I was just a very, very annoying elementary school human trying to like play games without any real understanding of it, but just like playing and and having fun. And I'm sure everyone was like, wow, this fucking squeaker right here, except they didn't say squeaker. But I even became Facebook friends with someone who, like, like I just remembered her username from this mud that I played when I was in elementary school, and I found her on Facebook, and now we're, like, super buds. Nice. Thank you. I'm going nowhere with this. I'm just saying, <laughs> you love what you love, and no, nothing is a bad question. Nothing even if I'm, I don't get it. Nothing's a bad question, huh? Okay. Will you ready for the next one? Yes. All yes, right. yes. Uh, what is your all-time or current favorite Marvel character in the comics, and why? But she doesn't read Devin's comics right now, so. So it's 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 gonna be super old school. I I was really I mean Emma Frost was was one that I was really into, one, yeah. but you have to understand I haven't really I I don't really have a, any kind of recent comic touchstone. I I was. Very much more into Marvel comics when I was younger, and Emma Frost really spoke to me in a lot of ways. I also really liked Jean Grey. I thought she was a fucking badass and a very dynamic character. Um, but I'm not gonna pretend I'm some big super like comic nerd because I'm like I'm just not anymore, and I, I I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to be that kind of poser for you. So let me ask oh, you yeah. a, a better question then. Um, if I was to ask you. What are you nerding out to right now? What would your answer be? What am I nerding out to right now? Okay, that's a good question. Um, it's not fun pop culture. It's not like... It's okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm really into... So I just like... Most of what I do is, is like working right now because I don't feel like I'm like a... I don't... I feel like I'm not earning my keep as a person in society if I'm not like working towards something or working on something. And I know that's weird and that's like probably an insight into my psyche that nobody actually asked for. So it's like stuff like uh, the etymology of words that sound kind of similar or um, like understanding sort of like the, the way that words that we use today used to be used in a totally different way and how yeah. those words grew from their origin and and how they originated into how we use them today and how they sort of changed and reutilized over time. Um, and that's, like, it, it, I guess it's nerdy, but it's not, like, the fun kind of nerdy where it's, like, relatable. It's just 
No, I mean, it's it's relevant today because, I mean, there's a lot of words that are getting thrown around in the modern era that people don't understand there's a, a historical context to. You know, yeah, like, well, sure. like when somebody says law and order or dominate or, you know, what we say, you know, whatever, there's a historical t- context to these words that people don't really understand because they're, they're younger and they don't just, they weren't alive when it was used to oppress people. So that, that's an example that I'll use. You can use whatever example you want, but I totally understand where you're coming from. Like, I like that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and on the flip side of that, I feel like there's an elitism in, um, especially in people who are very dedicated to linguistics, where they um, there's this this common inclination to sort of like show how smart you are by rejecting modern, um, you know, <laughs> development of words and the way that people are using words, like. For example, like literally, like literally, (laughs) (laughs) but words evolve, language evolves. And like, I used to be someone who'd be like, that's not what literally, so you literally did that really? And it's like, fuck off. Like, (laughs) what people use them to mean. Yeah. Like, uh, who, who are you fucking standing right now? Like the person, like, what, what, what hill are you dying on? Yeah. And why to what to make someone feel inferior because they're using a word in a way that is now being dynamically accepted with a new meaning? Like I don't know, kind of fuck yourself, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if communication is still being broadcasted, and you're understanding what's going on, but yet you know you want to just bring up the fact that they're using the wrong, they're using the word in the wrong mind frame or structure, basically. Exactly. Like, you know what they're saying. And the, the yeah. purpose of words is to convey meaning. And if you yeah. understand that meaning, then the word has served its purpose. Yeah. Like, maybe fucking just get over your shit. Get, like, why are you so married to this, this soon-to-be-archaic strict definition of something? Cuz? Okay. Just cuz. <laughs> cool. It makes you feel good. I'm glad you feel good. I'm, I'm glad that you found something that is like your thing but also like just don't be a dickhead would be great don't be a karen oh <laughs> speaking, of, like, speaking of karen i actually have a question for you darla darling um what? i know <laughs> in, like, when, when you there was a point in time when you had you were staying at an apartment or i can't remember the, the background of the story but you had a horrible neighbor and she had aged your car oh yeah Whatever happened with that situation? Did you move or did, did you like? Oh, that was like a podcast. You had to check somebody. <laughs> I'm impressed. Like that, I'm impressed that you that you know that. Yeah. Um. She did on the day that I was moving out. We had a, a not. I don't know. It it was a very yeah, Karen. situation. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call her a Karen. She was. Yeah. She she had her own shit going on, and some of it like. Like I I very much. It was very complicated, and it sucked that it happened. And the day that it happened, I, like, it was a very bad day. But at the end of the day, like, I could clean off my car, but she still had a lot going on in her life. And, like, it sucks that that's how she needed to sort of exercise her feelings, but... She had so much else going on. It it it's it would be really shitty for me to be like, oh yeah, she's a fucking kind because she egged my car. Like, 
she's a, a, a person in a complex situation who like like I was a very convenient scapegoat and very very understandably so but like I don't know like reducing a person to one experience you had with them sucks yeah and is a disservice to them and yourself and I don't know I'm, I'm not gonna philosophize it sucked it was shitty I'm cool I'm fine now and I I hope that she's you know I don't know doing better but yeah, it, it sucked ass. It definitely sucked ass. So I'll philosophize. All right. This is only for me personally. <laughs> you can tell me to fuck off Ella if you want. Um, <laughs> but I, I see you as somebody that's like very empathetic. Like the first time when we met and when we like, when you hugged me and it was just like, I felt like you were like a super empathetic person. And so mm-hmm. I think that's where you come from is like, it, like that's your default state. To me, anyway, you know, we've only met in person, well, more than a couple times, but, you know. We're buddies. Yeah, yeah, like, that's, you know, what I was getting to, you know, earlier, and it's just, like, I feel like you're in a certain state that most people aren't. Like, your, your default state is a way more positive state than most people, and so, like, when, when I said, and this is what's, like, this is what's crazy weird. When we first met, um, I remember... Um, I gave, uh, I met you, we did a podcast, and we hugged, and then I wasn't sure if I would, if I should give five-star hug, because I didn't know, like, I didn't know who she was, we didn't talk, and then, like, afterwards, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm a hugger, but like, afterwards, when I, like, I think I shook her hand, and I was like, fuck, I'm the asshole. <laughs> like, you know, no, I, you were respectful, you were, you were not being presumptuous, and you were meeting her where... You know, yeah. Where one person might. This is where this is where the problem comes in, though. All right, it's because okay. I give you a hug, but I didn't give her a hug. So that's to me like when I thought about it, like afterwards, I was like, "Why the fuck did I just give her a hug too?" You know what I mean? And it was just like I felt like a dick after that. Um, so yeah, if I ever meet her again, I'll definitely give her a hug. <laughs> you know? I that five star did not take that. I mean. She probably did. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry, but I I can only say that I know five star enough to say that um, she did not find it offensive. She probably saw it as like something respectful, and she probably understood that like you and I had spoken and it was a thing. And and I think that taking the most respectful pers- like first approach, like the most like I'm gonna wait and let you set the scene, is not a rude thing to do like that's a polite thing to do so the fact that you're still thinking about it today don't like it's cool you did the right thing you you let her sort of guide the situation and in the future now you know what to do so it's cool that makes me feel better thank you i'll I'll tell you about the name the name of the guy that was with you guys i know oh yeah 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 oh we actually have a pretty good question for you in the chat yeah. This question comes from Bektar the Ravager. We have to wrap it in the next ten minutes, though, so that's yeah. why it would be cut off. <laughs> so, uh, uh, she Bektar wants to know what is your favorite classic book? My favorite classic book. Um, I. No pressure as a librarian. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember the titles. I'm not great with book titles. Um, I got into a really heavy John Steinbeck phase. Um, mm. I'm trying to remember the exact name. It, the, same, it, the same person said that they're in love with you from what you've been responding with, and so. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, no shit. I'm trying to remember the title. Um, okay, it's not Grapes of Wrath, and it's not Of Mice and Men. It's like. I remember it like it really heavily featured with uh, the sex worker in a way that like books at that time didn't feature sex workers. Um, I could figure it out. Also, Steinbeck really likes to use the word concupiscent. Concupiscent. I think it's concupiscent. It basically means horny. It's like a really <laughs> fancy way of saying. Was the book? Was what? it Cannery Row? Not I. Canary Row is cool, but it wasn't Canary Row. Um, hold up. Yeah, feel, yeah. Plus, it's cool. I'm just trying yeah. to. Help. Steinbeck <laughs> just couldn't write new bio, huh? Um, but he really does love that word. Like he he uses it in. I want to say. I don't know, like a lot of his novels. He really likes working <laughs> with. Okay, Steinbeck novels. Let's let's pull it up. Um, well, Steinbeck. Oh, it's a Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, isn't that a film? With isn't that doesn't that film have the famous beach scene or whatnot? I haven't seen the film. It is uh, yeah, yeah, it's just Um, yeah, it was it was really good. I don't know. I really enjoyed. It. I I typically have a um. I don't know. I have a uh, challenging relationship with classic novels because. I feel like a lot of them are written in a way that sort of is a little bit self-congratulatory and um, just the way, like, why do we know the classic novels that we know? Like, why why are the classic novels that we're familiar with classic novels? Ah, because they're conditioned. That's why. Well, it's and, like it's like the same with artwork. Like, <laughs> why is the Mona Lisa considered, like, one of the most famous paintings? I mean, it's just a painting of a person. Right, right, and so there's, I don't know, like, I'm a fucking leftist SJW cuck, and girl, <laughs> like, I don't like that, but, um, but yeah, when it comes to class, and maybe this is just my way of justifying the fact that I just really like to read, like, modern, like, way lit, and, and maybe that's my, like, way of patting myself on the back for the things that I like already, I don't know, um, but when I read Steinbeck, I really feel like, I don't know, um, the stuff I read, I feel, I feel like it's reflective, and not just of the time, but just sort of in general. And the the characters, especially, I don't know, especially in *Miss Sweden*, they're they're not perfect. It's not a perfect representation, but um, they're so much more dynamic than I would expect for someone writing at that time, and so much more complex than I think a lot of other authors would allow them to be or, or would consider them to be enough to write about them. Um, including, I mean, just for example, you know, this this very complex sex worker who is not a good character, but is very human in the way that he writes about her. I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm, I feel like people tune in for porn star and they're getting like really esoteric. Like, no, they've been I'll be honest with you. Most people that are listening to this, that from our audience, they don't know you as a sex worker. So just, then, 
I like yeah. East of mm-hmm. Eden. I like Steinbeck. So far, I haven't read all of his work. He might turn out to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> you never and, know, right? <laughs> yeah, and like, I I mean, I might be sort of glossing over some of his piece of shit stuff because it's old. And again, like, why do we know them? Why do we know these authors? Like, mm. what makes them the authors that we know today? Probably a lot of systemic bullshit that just is the reason Actually, that... Sorry. Yeah, I will say... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say Steinbeck has a couple statues here throughout California. He has, I know, because I guess he's from... They take him down yet? Yeah. He's from, like, the seaside Monterey area. <laughs> take him down. I'm just uh, yeah, he has, a, he has a statue, I think, at San Jose State. And I believe somewhere in the Monterey, like, seaside area, there's, like, a statue there, too. Probably. I think it's... Yeah. Some, yeah. yeah, it's from seaside Monterey. It's the same, same county. Yeah. Are, are, we what, taking, what? are we taking down his statues? No, I, 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 just, I don't I think just, so. No, I, I was kidding. I said I, don't know. I was just kidding. Okay, no, that, that that's like a like that's the thing about classic literature. It's like yeah, you never know. Oh, yeah. are you shitty? Are you a pedophile? Are you sick? <laughs> are you like I don't know? Like everybody loves the plush Cthulhu, but like mm. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, oh, so wait, I wish Prodigy was on here. He's yep. the, the actual, yeah. another podcast member. But he's super so, into, you know, uh, what's his name? Lovecraft. Yeah, Lovecraft. Into Love, and he had to actually talk about his racist-ass views on the podcast before. He's just like, well, you know, I like blah, blah, blah. But it's like, he had some racist-ass fucking moments. You know? Oh, yeah. So, and he named his moment, so, it's <laughs> not Yeah, it's not just moments. He literally has, like, a, a book that is, like, it's basically the problem with the Negro, but he doesn't say Negro. He uses the other word, but he has like a full on like novella about yeah. all these terrible things. It's and so- then, which is weird to me, is because in like a couple of weeks, there's going to be a show based on his work that with features Lovecraft <laughs> Country, yeah. which will have a mostly African American cast. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it because I guess Cthulhu is supposed to have a, like a mini appearance on the show, but. Uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out. It's what's weird about being well, like you know black in America today is like there are so many people historically that have like shit on us even today you know this oh, yeah. pe- people want to talk about you know we don't live in a racist society meanwhile we have thousands of Karens and you know thousands of people that will call us the N word and you know police brutality and all this other shit but they just gloss over all that but like oh we're not racist you know I understand you know, like. Hopefully, most people in America aren't racist, but there are a lot of racists in America, and uh, a lot of society will insulate those people, you know, they'll, they'll protect them. Meanwhile, people that are brown will be assaulted and killed, and nobody gives a shit, because they'll, they'll call them criminals. But meanwhile, people don't understand that when you talk about criminals, they don't even understand, like, most people, when you talk about criminals... You used to think about violent crime, right? That's what most people will associate crime with. Yeah. You know? But if you look at who the fuck is in jail for crimes, <laughs> the vast majority of people that are in jail for crimes, crimes, I'm using the air quotes if you can't watch this fucking podcast, they're in jail for nonviolent crimes. Violent crimes, the last time I checked, which is literally like fucking three days ago, it was like 3.3% of people that are in jail are in jail for violent crime. But that includes aggravated assault, homicide, and any other kind of violent crime. 
46% are in jail for drug crimes that are nonviolent. So I'm just like, that's your criminal? It's for one, it's all to your reality? And how many of those would be in jail if they committed those crimes today in California? Yeah, that, yeah, that's the problem. Is And they're still in jail. You know, and it, it, they need to release all of them. If you're in jail for a minor drug crime with no violent anything, you should be... This is my problem with the whole drug war. Is like, listen, I understand that you have a problem with if somebody gets high and beats somebody up. But we have a fucking... We have laws for assaulting people. We have laws for homicide. We have laws for all this other shit. So if you just if you just want to get high, that shouldn't be illegal. Listen, to a lot of people in America or anywhere on this planet, reality sucks. You know? It, it sucks. So, if I can play video games to escape reality, then why can't somebody get high to escape reality? Yep. I mean, sure. You, you, uh, you mentioned that um, <laughs> you sort of self-describe yourself as like a uh, social justice warrior, explicit of explicit everything. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> what, are, what are some, um, I guess aspects of that that touch you personally that uh, you, I guess, have been affected by uh, in your sort of upbringing that, that really speak to you in, in social justice spectrum, uh, Ella? Well, actually, Ella, before you answer that question, I just want to answer um, Becky's question. My favorite classic book is Back to the Future 2. What's my book? book? What the fuck? The novelization. <laughs> Anyway. I respect whatever, whatever <laughs> you do is what matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, now what was they said? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a big bummer pants again. But um, so my undergrad was in uh, forensic psychology, specifically uh, criminal justice and psychology, with a very heavy focus on like forensic psychology, and I became nice. librarian because that was a system that I did not want to participate in. Wow, okay. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, I guess I kind of touched on it a little bit, but there's just so much complexity to the way that that is handled that like something as simple as like yeah let's just like hey let's make weed legal like a, a ballot measure that's like yeah let's all just like be able to buy weed without addressing the issues the historic issues and the current issues of the people who are currently incarcerated for crimes that like we're now just going to be like commercializing yeah. like without yeah. addressing that they're i don't know there. um they're still there yeah yeah, that's a, a big part of it. It's, it's really interesting. I'm also a, a criminal justice major. And so, like, it's as I look back on, like, when I went to college, not to date myself also, uh, You're it, old, you can sort of see it. <laughs> you can sort of see how though, how things have evolved in their, their philosophy in terms of, like, crime punishment and how things were classified as being serious and not so serious crimes. So it, it is really interesting, especially now that we've seen I mean, especially in California, where where um, with marijuana being decriminalized in many aspects, where I mean, you you go back to like the '90s, 
and everything. And it's just like you might as well have been just been transporting kilos of, of coke or whatever for, for just having like a, a dime bag of, of marijuana on you. So it, it is really interesting, especially like you said, with your criminal justice background and seeing the evolution. And I mean, some aspects it's, it's really slow, but you have a lot of progressive thinkers that are just be like, yo, why are we, why are we doing this? Why are we dropping the hammer on these people that are committing stuff that's really not, it's not helping society if we're, we're trying to lock up people for just simple possession of, of, of drugs. It's, it's, they're not pushing it on the kids. They're not, they're not in, it's not sex trafficking. It's not domestic violence, but they're being at that time being treated as serious as, as those crimes are today. It's because, right, I mean, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Imagine because when you talk about Coke, like you have to talk take into Eric. consideration <laughs> the severity of like Coke, which is, you know, a very, um, glamorous, glamorous, upper class, like, I mean, all of the things we associate with Coke are, you know, I think we can draw, uh, you can say it, go ahead. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. white and rich and variations of Coke, which are very much, right. yeah, like, like very much the same fucking drug, the same drug, different permutations and associated with different communities and enforced in a much more severe and fucked up way. Like, it all comes down to a very fucked up system. And, um, yeah, I, uh, it's just, it's hard not to feel lost and helpless in this system that is designed to hurt people. Lock people up, throw away the key. What's, I think it's really interesting how, like, here in California, um, like, marijuana has been legal for, like, I think, like, four years now. I think it was 2016 when it was legalized. Maybe 2017, so it's been three years. But, like, nothing's changed. Like, there's no, like, the, the crime rate hasn't changed. It's still, there's crime still out there. There's not, like, I mean, I guess there's been dispensaries that have been robbed because there's, there's, what, so for the, a lot of the dispensaries, they think they can't take credit cards, so everything either cash based or like debit card or ATM based, and so they have this huge amount of money, and that's pretty much what the criminals are going for. They're going for the cash that these people have. I mean, that's... but like as far as life, like life has haven't changed. Like I can go get high if I need to, and not like like it's still like like people are like the the sky isn't falling. Like the stock market isn't crashing. There's not like some crazy shit that's happening, like, you know, marijuana is just, you know, this... You can't use a credit card? I didn't know that. You can't use you know, a credit card I, I, that's, what, I, that's what I was going to, like, rewind for, for Blue. So, you can now... So, a lot of these dispensaries, you can now use credit cards, and you they, they have access to put their money in banks, but traditionally, you're right. Um, yeah. They, they cannot do things like that, but it's gotten better in California, but it's still federally illegal, so the feds can still come and raid their locations and take all their money from either their banks digitally or through you know through cash you know and that's fucked up ella i'm, I, I, I I'm confused to, though why why hold is on it real quick like, oh, we have a guest on i need to ask her a question i want to respect your time this is going like super long are you okay with like keep going or you need to like tap out i am i want to hear what he has to okay 
Go. Who me? Yes, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. I, I was just confused. I was I I obviously I don't smoke or anything, or I've never been or purchased anything at a dispensary. Do you? You, it's a it's a cash only business. No. Or are you talking about from like the business aspect? They can't really deposit their money into banks. I'm, I'm kind of confused on. I actually okay. So um, I am not an expert on the cannabis industry, but I can say that there are some parallels between cannabis and adult. In that, yeah. um, both cannabis and adult were treated as high risk industries, and so both were essentially. Um, shunned by major banking and credit card processing industries. Um, lately, as, as cannabis has come to be um, a more, to some degree, respectable uh, vertical, in and by respectable, I mean profitable for mm -hmm. uh, big money people, mm -hmm. um, more opportunities have have come up. So originally, with you know, with the original medical dispensaries that cropped up in California, which I I got a medical card back shortly after I moved to California. I don't remember the the timeline, but um, and and specifically for medical reasons, but it was still very much a cash only operation, and it was also still kind of a weird place to be medically, which I. Can get into later if we care to, um, but over time, as it became clear that you know, as regulations changed, especially within the state, and it became something that was profitable and something that was investable. I guess that's not a real word, but whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> the the way that credit card processors treated cannabis. And other high-risk industries like pornography changed. So, um, for example, uh, when I first moved to LA and I was first looking into creating like a like an adult site, we had a few options for credit card processing. They were all uh, like the the percentage they would take was close to ten percent. And as cannabis became this sort of like darling of emerging investing culture processing companies started to sort of soften their, their stance on it. And it's still not great. It's still troublesome. You still can't go into a dispensary and use your credit card, but um, you can use a debit card, which is honestly a, a pretty big a pretty big step forward from what it was when it was originally just like, yeah, okay, I guess if you go to a doctor and the doctor says you can have weed, then we'll let you have it and you can go to this dispensary and then they can do whatever. You could only use cash then. It's, um, now you can go to these fancy dispensaries that look like Apple stores and you can buy weed with yeah, like an ATM. Yeah. Um, but the progress there, the progress in treating cannabis dispensaries as, you know, these like drug outposts versus these, uh, these startup investments, that's what changed the way that credit card processing and just general like financial processing worked because it was it was something that was potentially profitable and because cannabis and porn were both high risk the high risk like regulations within these companies started to sort of drop a little bit 
And now, as a like, if you're studying a porn site, you can get way better rates, um, way, uh, way better, you know, um, credit card processing rates as a porn site than you could before. Before, again, it was like 15, 20%. Now you can, now it's very competitive. Now there are a lot of different uh, processing sites that are going to vie for your money and vie for your, your you know, uh, your business. It was not like that 10 years ago. 10 years ago, there were two companies or so, and you take what you get and you fucking deal with it. And now, it's just so different. And it's because of cannabis. It's not because of porn. It's absolutely because of cannabis. Because they're both high-risk industries, that, and that's how they were treated by the credit card processing and the general financial industry. And cannabis changed that. Well, and the crazy part for me yeah. is that they, those two industries have never been high risk for anything. It's maybe maybe cannabis for like crime only because it, only because when we say crime is because you're cracking down on uh, a fantasy crime because people wanted to, you know, alter their reality. But uh, like I said, unless you were going out and like committing other crimes, it should be irrelevant because we have other laws for those crimes. You know, if you want to, if you rob somebody, you arrest them for robbery. If they assaulted somebody, you arrest them for assault. But just for being high, that should not be a crime. And that that's always been like my biggest problem, even before like I even got into this whole thing. And when the fuck has um, pornography not been profitable? So okay, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, but um, but I think we're talking about two different things. So the high risk aspect is that. Uh, the high risk in terms of like financial processing isn't that like uh, it's not a crime risk. It's a high risk of uh, having chargebacks and having people uh, mm, dispute charges. So with <sighs> it's like wait, hold on, hold on. What? Repeat what you said. What? That, hold on, wait, I would wait. never. Re- yeah. Oh, re- rewind what you said. I'm sorry. It, it got oh. deleted out in the audio. Oh yeah, of course. So I think we're talking about two different things. What you're saying is absolutely valid, but when I'm talking about high risk in the financial industry for cannabis and porn, I'm not talking about like crime. I'm talking about chargebacks. I'm I'm talking about gotcha. like they don't give a shit about society. You a bill. <laughs> exactly. It's about the bottom line. So are people likely to dispute a charge? Are people likely to do a chargeback? Meaning. This showed up on my bill. I don't know what, oh. who paid $20 for the last six months to Hot Girls Unlimited, which is Fuck not a thing. Like, people. porn sites are super on top of making sure that any of their charges are incredibly innocuous. But in any case, like, yeah. um, it's about, like, what? No. Yeah, I, like, I am a consumer. I just spent $20 spending, you know, like, buying a bunch of porn scenes. And then I'm going to tell my credit card company that my my card was compromised because I would never, I would never. That's Puritan my, value bullshit. You know, it's, <laughs> Ella, it's actually it's it's actually funny that you you mentioned that because like, um, like if you're if you're a U.S. citizen, you have to pay taxes. And if you were to if you use TurboTax and you were to pay, like say if you owe money and you were to use your credit card to pay those taxes, mm-hmm. they have some outrageous penalty fee for using your credit card. So. I think this year we had to pay like I think our the much the amount we owed to taxes like three thousand dollars. Well, for the fact that it's using a credit card, we have to pay three hundred dollars in fees, and it's like like it 
it, it's almost got to the point where it's like, why do I want to pay three hundred more on top of the three thousand I'm paying? Like, we should we're just gonna pay like using like a debit card just to get over with. But like, even with like the government, like paying like the government, the visa and such and such and blah blah blah. Lou, I gotta hook you up. Sure I gotta hook you up with a better tax guy or person. <laughs> yeah, so like, like I, I went to your, your guy, but they only handle people who have certain kind of stakes in money, so I couldn't really go with them. So we just used her tax. Oh shit! I'm, I guess I'm bougie now. My bad. Yeah, you bougie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize was such company. Mm-hmm. You thought you were a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, we, we pinky up sometimes. We pinky up. Hi. But yeah, um, the same as with cannabis. Like, you go to uh, a dispensary, if you use your credit card, um, and it comes by, like, there are people who uh, are in jobs that would be, like, they'd be fired just by being present, by being in the presence of marijuana, which I learned the hard way. Um, I don't want to talk about it, but yeah, I made some unfriends on accident by having weed around them because they couldn't have weed around them. Um, oh, no. I, I, we'll, we'll have some offline discussions, and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll break down some things further not on this podcast. <laughs> so I understand. Yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I think you already know. But, yeah, yeah it's, just, it's, it's a matter of um, something that is, seen, that is seen as shameful or unacceptable by society, by society like weed or porn, and it's something that is slowly because of cannabis, which is making its way into the mainstream, is sort of slowly bringing porn, which is another comparable industry along into the mainstream with it. Well, you know, what's really strange to me personally is that, you know, we have a society of people that are, society has never existed without drugs. We've always used some kind of drugs. And the fact that people don't understand that and don't want to recognize that, meanwhile, they're They'll, they will shit on cannabis or other kinds of drugs, but then meanwhile they're, prescri- they're prescribed all these amphetamines and all these other kinds of drugs, you know, to alter their reality. But it's okay because the doctor said that they can do it, and they're higher risk drugs, you know, just through numbers alone, that can kill them. Meanwhile, cannabis doesn't kill fucking nobody. Right. You know, and, and they don't want to recognize that because they they they're still used to this whole. Um, what was the old thing where they had like the, the reefer madness bullshit and they're still stuck on that same old school nonsense in 2020. And it's just like, do you guys not understand historically these, this, these same tactics on you today when this, uh, this drug can, has a potential to make your life better, but you're going to shun it because you believe that it's going to make you crazy when it's like a very small percentage of people that actually go crazy. It's the same amount of people that go crazy in general you know what i mean so if you're gonna go crazy you probably wouldn't want crazy anyway so i I don't know i I had to kind of reverse i was not that i was anti-cannabis but i didn't want to like look into it for a long time because i was a you know u.s marine i was just like you know fuck i couldn't do it because i was a marine i could get the marine corps for that and now that i'm older and i understand like the way the world works now it's it, it's a bit different. It's like I m- most people that I know do cannabis. So and they're 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 fine people. <laughs> those of us who do cannabis. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, actually it's really interesting that you brought up the whole banking and the high risk with um, the adult industry. Because I was looking, because uh, I follow the, let me get the name right here. It is the Adult Performers Guild. Uh, uh, yeah, the Adult, well, they go by Adult Performers and Actors Guild. And I guess recently a lot of the performers were using PayPal. But PayPal, PayPal had some kind of weird thing where they reneged. They basically kind of nulled a bunch of um, performers' um, accounts. They basically blocked their accounts. Or they couldn't get like money from OnlyFans and all this stuff. So they had to like try to pull their money back, get their money, and try to move it somewhere else. They didn't know where to take it. So they're trying to... I saw that the guild was out there trying to question what was going on with PayPal. I guess PayPal wasn't giving really any answers. And it was weird to me because I'm like, well, this is... And with PayPal, the money is basically kind of one-to-one and they take their percentage out. And they really shouldn't have any issue because nobody really looks into that except for them. And it was just weird that they're trying to, like, pull this out, like, basically pull the rug out from under all these performers who relied on like money and subscriptions and just try to basically abandon them for whatever reason they had. I think that's strange. Yeah. So, um, I didn't really want to discuss the, the guild because that's a whole different topic, but PayPal has notoriously for a very long time been anti adult. There is in the adult industry, as far as I know, maybe one or two payment processors that do have a relationship with PayPal that can allow you to work with them. But it's like every every sex worker who has been in the space for a while knows that, like, do not pay me through PayPal. Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. Because it, it it's, it's harmful. It's harmful to us. Like, yeah. if someone pays me through PayPal, they can just file a complaint and as soon as PayPal sees that it was the sex work thing, as soon as there's any proof for that, your money is gone and any money in your account is frozen and you're probably never gonna see it. Um uh. but um but yeah, like back to uh, I just wanna jump back to like you know, like the like amphetamines and, and all the stuff that people are just generally prescribed, like I feel like cannabis should be something that is as accepted as a solution for certain, you know, conditions and issues and, and challenges the same way that things like, you know, um, benzos and, um, you know, amphetamines and, and, and everything else. We found a place in mental health care for things like amphetamines, like Adderall. And we found a place in mental health care for things like benzos, like like Xanax. And we found a place in mental health care. And, and we've seen people really benefit from things um, like antidepressants. And I just feel like excluding cannabis from that is doing a disservice to the patients who could really benefit from that. And and I don't feel like it's, it's one against the other or it's one system against a, a rejected system. I think it's just that the system needs to adjust to accept that cannabis is a relevant and effective, um, you know, mental health care solution. And we cannot hold cannabis to the same standards as the the mental health care uh, pharmaceuticals that have been able to have testing and, you know, 
resources for decades because the federal government prevented any any industry, any any research facility from doing any sort of real test with cannabis for a very long time. I mean, certainly, certainly until recent, there the mental health care drugs available now have been able to benefit from testing and and research that the federal government prevented for cannabis for a very long time. Um, only specific universities were able to do any sort of research for a very long time, and and that research it was, like, it was, was based literally on one. <laughs> it was one. It, it was only one university that, that got the the okay to do any kind of testing. It was very very limited. Yeah, and and what what was the cannabis they were even using? Yeah, like, it was, it, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. You're you're making a great point. You're making a much oh, better point than yeah. I'd like you to speak. SSRIs. The people that don't understand if you're not in the mental health realm, which I have mental health issues, people on this podcast know that. SSRIs, doctors will not even, they don't know exactly how they work on the human brain. And that's one of the main reasons why I never went on them. Because they, they can never explain to me exactly how the fuck they work. They're just like, well, we'll put you on these. But if this one doesn't work, we'll put you on something else. But it's like, well, will that one work? Well, we don't fucking know. So it's like, so you have no actual clue how the fuck these... Yeah, you got to prescribe me things and you don't understand how they work. And it's like, really? You're just hoping? So, yeah, I'm not going to get in the rest of it. But, yeah, it's just... it. Some, some medical shit is driven in a very... Let's just say non-scientifically based spectrum. So, Ella, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I mean, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's, there's so much we don't know, and I think that is important. But um, the fact that we do the best we can with what we have, and in some cases, we it, it's a trial and error because we just don't know the whole story. Um, the fact that we grant, you know, SSRIs, they're not perfect, but they certainly make a huge difference for a lot of people. The fact that we don't grant that same, um, you know, uh, the same flexibility to cannabis. Yeah. That is, some, that is a, you know, very relevant to chemicals we already produce in our brain. Um, I just think it's it's a disservice to the patients. It's a disservice to the people who are receiving medical care. And I think it's a very poorly defended approach to why we do that. But um, I super have to... What was it? Was it chocolate, chocolate bananas? bananas? It's all good. We're way yeah, past I, where I thought you were going to yeah. say this. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've had, we've had, like, we've, our, the podcast the last couple of months has been very, like, focused on, like, what's going on with the world. But it was really good to have, it, it was good to have fun, to have somebody on, talk, shoot the shit, and, like, you know, have a good time. So, like, the fact that it ran this long, I'm, I didn't even realize what time it was because I was having so much fun just talking with you. Well, that's why I asked earlier. I was like, I'll try to give you a way out. I was like, it's getting late. Yeah, well, too. I'm just like, like I just realized I've been up for just a bunch of hours, just a whole it, rip of hours, and um, I just really like talking to you guys, but holy shit, I need to fall asleep like 
soon. Yeah, please. Yeah, right. please yeah, you're, not, you're not in California right now, right? Aren't you? You said you were in Indiana, right? No, I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, you are? Okay. I thought, you, I thought earlier you mentioned that you were in um, Indianapolis, but I, I, I've been running no, I mumbled when I said something earlier, so I understand what you think that. Um, no. Yeah, I'm going to go super absolutely to sleep right now because holy uh, moly. Thank you guys <laughs> so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for letting me just like. Cheat the shit. Pop off yeah. on some shit. Be, but like, yeah. Before you go, like, let, let everybody know your socials, how they can, how, how they can find you, how can they like see the stuff and work that you've done and plug 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 <laughs> plug, plug yourself not so, plug uh, but, you know that's a thing I mean, oh no use uh plug in at vero space which you can find at uh um vero.club v-i-r-o dot club you can find everything you want to know about Vexupi, our virtual cam girl, and uh, my upcoming Ella Darling uh, virtual experience where you can see me as a video game character who is super hot and super into some cool sexy stuff. So if you're into me for the adult stuff, that's what you should check out. Also, if you're just into like really cool VR and gaming and nerdy stuff and absolutely not adult at all, Check out Game Lodge on Kickstarter. Um, I believe you can go to gamelodge.xyz and that will link to the stuff you need to know. But we are running our crowdfunding campaign for a really cool app where you can play games but also build games super simply without all the crazy overhead like game development complicated stuff that makes making games inaccessible to people who just want to do something cool. So check out Game Lodge on Kickstarter, and that's all I have to plug. You can find me at Ella Darling, and I will be plugging all of those things, or you can just at me, and I'll tell you where to find it. E-L-A Darling, and if you're interested in anything that I've talked about, I will direct you. And thank you guys so much. There we go. Thank you, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Can't wait to see those sandwich videos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna fucking do it. Yeah. I'm gonna send it to you because they were so good. Awesome, awesome. Thanks. Be safe out there. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. Awesome. Have a good night. Be safe. Have a good night. Stay COVID free. (laughs) Do. Thank you. (laughs) Bye, love. Bye. All right, that was Ella Darling joining Black and the Black Times Infinity, the Thank You podcast on the internet. Yeah, so uh, we gonna round it up, I guess, because this is super late. Just yeah, super late. I stopped the stream, but I started again. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, oh. Ella dropped. I thought the audio recording. The audio's uh, recording. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so Blue, what you got? What you going into jerking off to doing this weekend? What you got? Uh, nothing. Just continue life improvement. Um, working, work, doing stuff around the house, trying to stay safe. Like the whole Tahoe thing that I talked about earlier. Like, cause I went fishing. I haven't been fishing in fucking like twenty years, and I did not catch a fucking fish, which is solidified why fishing is fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, everybody on the boat caught a fish, but me. Like uh-huh. everybody caught. Like, everybody's caught two fish. I caught zero fish. Like, Damn. 
there's not even a math equation that could like solve that problem. But um, no, just you know, continuous self improvement, playing the guitar. Um, I, I was down in LA yesterday. I was literally down in LA yesterday, and um, you know, just everybody just stay out there, stay safe. Don't make sure you research what you read and what you hear and this and that. Like this, make sure you're informed, basically. That's All it. right. Stitch, what you got? Uh, sort of same thing, just going to chill. Uh, going to try to cook something uh, cook up tomorrow. Cook up sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is I plan on cooking. I might try to, try to just barbecue something just to kill time or whatever, depending on how hot it is outside. Um, I will be playing. I downloaded Cuphead, so I will be playing that. Um, I oh. saw it. It is co-op, and I, I don't know oh. if it's a co-op where you have to where you have to play online or if you can actually play with somebody in the same room as you. But I think Lilo was, would like it, so I'm going to see if... Uh, it, it finished downloading, but I didn't get a chance to fire it up to see if it's something you can like play like in-house with uh, a co-op person or whatever. So looking forward to playing some Cuphead. And um, pretty much that's sort of it, just on the, on the general aspect of it. Good, good, good shit. Cronus, what you got? Uh... I am very happy with this podcast. It was really cool to have Ella on and really show who she was. Like, I think mm -hmm. when the, the previous podcast, we talked a lot about, you know, the porn industry and, like, the to show her as, like, a, a normal person. It was, like, really cool. I really appreciate it. So, Ella, if you listen to the rest of this, um, thank you for coming back on. You're cool as fuck. You always have been. Wish I could give you a hug. But... <laughs> Can't no, maybe in a couple of fucking years apparently because America's fucked up. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks, thanks for coming on the podcast. We, we appreciate. We'll have you back on sometime, uh, likely sooner. Um, hopefully tomorrow I will see. I'll be able to reunite with, with my family because I get tested for COVID nineteen tomorrow, and mm. hopefully it'll be a fifteen minute turnaround. So, yeah, I've been alone for. Wow. It's fucking lonely. Dude. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. You it's saw that? Like, we, I, was, I was telling the sweetness, like, I had told her, like, I couldn't even, I can't even imagine if I was single. Like, if it, if I was living where I was in San Jose with this whole situation going on, like, dude, like, and th that shit's fucking impossible. There's no way a human can stay, like, even people who are in prison that do solitary confinement, and they're in like a self like weeks and weeks and this and that like that should break the psyche like it's this uh, uh, this podcast really helps for being stuck at home yeah not going anywhere so it yeah. really does yeah and, and that's what that was what's great happening on here was that we got to break the mold that we've been kind of setting the last couple of weeks like we talked about like the whole political stuff and this and that and this and that we actually had that we had we had a chance to have fun yeah hmm. All right, as for me, uh, just chilling like the rest of y'all, uh, even though I will be out in the public dealing with people. Um, granted, where I'm at, most people are compliant with it. I, I haven't run into any Karens or whatnot, but still, people still don't like to follow set rules, which is still really weird to me. I don't get it, but we're trying to do better. At least I'm hoping they're trying to do better. Um, I'm actually watching this really this show I'm gonna plug. Uh, it's called Cursed. 
It's on Netflix. It's basically about the. That. It's about the uh, legend of King Arthur, but told from uh, the perspective of Nimue. She's. Uh, I guess she's been known as the Lady of the Lake, and she's like uh, early teens or whatever. Or ever, but she's the first one to really wield uh, Excalibur. I guess for the first time. Hmm. So I'm on the second episode, and it's really crazy. What I didn't know is that this was a a novel, I guess, by Frank Miller. Frank Miller is uh, executive producer, producer, and I think he's written one of the episodes. So I've been like trying to check out what this is about because this is something recent, I guess he did. So it's pretty interesting. Um, playing some gaming, pretty much. Oh, so I guess we're gonna have to help Prodigy figure out the Borderlands DLC issue. Cause you I, couldn't get it to work. You figure it out. I, I walked yeah, out. so I plan I think, on... I could get it to work either. Yeah, so hopefully listen, we can figure that out no, this week no, and no, we I'll, can Twitch I'll, it I'll explain it to everybody that's listening to this right now. If you're playing <laughs> Borderlands 3 and you can't get the DLC, stop trying to go to the DLC from the fucking game. Go to the fucking PSN store and look up the DLC name on the PSN store if you're, if you're on PlayStation and then download it that way. There's, there's a problem, there's a super glitch with the game where if you go to like the actual location where you get the DLC from in the game, it won't find the game. Alright, so just exit the game or just go to like your home screen or whatever, go to the PSN store and then download it from there. It's way easier, it fucking works every single time, so just do it that way. There you go. Words from Cronus the Wise. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, that's kind of about it. Just uh, staying at home. Game. Oh, and reading my books. There we go. Because I guess we're all reading books now, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I'm reading, I'm reading a lot of important books. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm reading some, like, science fiction books. So, works out for me. Oh, happy birthday right. to uh, Mike HD. It's his birthday. Oh, there you go. Happy birthday, yeah. my dude. Thanks for joining us in the chat. Uh, thanks to everyone who showed up in the chat. We had a pretty live chat today. There was a lot of people in the chat. Yeah. Thanks to everyone that showed up and participated. You got a woman on? We're going to chat with you now. (laughs) 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 Uh, right. We ready? We ready to be set out? I can't even hear the music in the background. No, there's no music right now. So we'll just end it right here. You good? All right. Check us out uh, everywhere online with Be The BTI. It's B-T-H-A-N-B-T-I. There you go. That's all you need. We're off this bitch. Peace. This was the splitting of the atom only a few decades ago. And through his God-given genius of science, man, at last, has succeeded in penetrating further and further into the unknown vastness of space. Yet many questions remain unanswered.